0: To consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. What is up, Conscious Monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Traveling to Consciousness. As always, I am your host, Kalin Kiteri. Today's guest is a cosmic conduit, she helps empower people through their astrological birth charts. Uh, she has a couple of astrology projects in the works, but there's one that I have actually used and I didn't realize that she worked on it uh, until I was putting together this intro. Uh, that project is the Newit dating app and she is considered to be the lead astrologer on that project. So Conscious Monkeys, welcome to the show, Haley Comet. Haley, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited. So you've it's, used uh, eat
0: I is that how you pronounce it, eat
1: I I mess it up all the time, but yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have, mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So what?
0: Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where we start out with this, right? Let's get the astrological dating scene. It's it's <laughs> you know two cents. Um, yeah, because I mm-hmm. when I first reached out to you, I didn't even know that you were a part of that project. I had probably used it beforehand, but then. I was going through your profile, trying to figure out some more like lead in stuff. And I was like, oh, shit, she's worked on this new dating app. So what is your background with that dating app?
1: Yes. So it's actually a very magical story. Basically, I was at my nine to five. I believe the year was 2017 or so. And I was at my nine to five. And I just like, you know, that feeling, I'm sure you felt it too within your past life when you're just like. Like I just, I know things coming in for me and I know I'm meant to step into this new era with my life, but I don't know what exactly it looks like. And I just got this little nudge and I'm really not someone who shoots my shot often, like in terms of anything. I don't know what got into me, but I think just from that inner restlessness, I was like, I saw them on Twitter. I was like, what an amazing idea. I talk about this to my friends all of the time because whenever they're dating someone, they send me the chart. I have to run the synastry. I'm like, how cool that app is doing you know, the work that I do for, which I'm happy to do for my friends. But I'm like, now we have it accessible to everyone. So I just reached out. I just DM them. I was, and it was very, like, you know, very early on to me even being aware of it. And I just got that little nudge and you have to follow those things. And I was like, I don't know where I'm getting this vibe. but I just shot my shot. And I was like, hi, I think you should, <laughs> I would love to work on the app. Um, I think you should hire me. Da-da-da-da-da. Um, and it didn't, go anywhere for a while. I mean, we kind of like went back and forth. I still supported the project from afar. And then it came to a point where I got to hop on board and support with their acceleration and their content creation. And it was just like such a dream come true. And it was so helpful because it kind of allowed me, because like I said, that desire, that nudge to be like, you should reach out to this app came from me not necessarily being totally fulfilled within the role that I was and kind of just craving this expansion more so into the astrology and and working with them really helped me build that belief that I could fully step into that role. So that's how I got on board. And it's like, when I talk about a dream collaboration, like the two women who started the app, founded it. Like I hopped on a little bit later after it was already created and supported the acceleration of the content. But the two individuals, like it is such a dream team and it's so heart-centered. They're so passionate about what they're doing. And I'm really excited to see where the future takes and the growth i mean you know it's been it's been out there for a long time so it's really cool to see it picking up speed now which is amazing Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's cool i think i um i'm trying to remember whenever i first downloaded it might have been probably like a year ago ish but i've been off and on because it seems like there's not a very big user base and so like Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you're matching with people that are 200 250 miles away and you get to a point it's just like all right not much i can do with this right Uh, so you know what So is that like a issue that you guys have been like working on lately is to get more people on board?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think when the app was basically like launched and put out there, we didn't really concentrate it towards particular cities, which is great because we do have nationwide recognition was, which is great. But a lot of people have reported similar things where it's like, it's slowly catching on within their cities. And I will say like within San Diego, it's been building. So it's interesting just to see that when a city catches on, it really ignites there, but it's just getting that momentum building within the city of getting more and more people on there. Um, but there are a couple of features like the teleport feature where you can basically like if you are traveling somewhere, um, you can kind of browse matches in that area and like see who you have great synastry with in that um, in that arena or just kind of build, you know, a base outside and be able to connect later but yeah in terms of like in person i want to meet in the next five minutes we're definitely working on that but it's just so cool how far i don't know just the the needle has moved when it comes to astrology because it's like you know being someone who's always been interested in it and you know studying it, um, the vibe and the response I get now when I say like, I'm an astrologer or work on astrology dating apps I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Here's my big three 10 years ago I was like, what? <laughs> Why you're an astrologer? That's a job. Like, it's so cool to see it continue to build momentum and and I don't know necessarily if it'll always last if astrology will always be as popular as it is right now because it's really popular and it's really cool to see. Um but it's really cool to see more people being open to connecting in this way particularly because it's like let's let's get to the let's get to the nuts and bolts of this connection. Is this gonna work? What are the challenges of this connection? Things of that nature. So it really is a life hack <laughs> truly um being able to look at someone's synastry before you date them. So yeah, so I'm really excited for it. Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. It's an interesting point, too, because, you know, I've kind of noticed along my evolution through like the dating scene and whatnot, certainly a more immature version of me was of the lines of like, how do I want to articulate this? You know, more of just like, let's just do it. Let's just have fun. Let's just explore. And I think as you kind of start to develop, you obviously see different aspects of yourself that you would identify as being more important or certain things within a relationship and you know it's interesting to one of those points is you know i i wonder and this kind of gets interesting right is like let me see how to articulate this because i think a huge piece of the puzzle for me right now is like making sure i'm mission aligned with the person i'm going to be with right it's it's making sure that we're like on the same path we have the same vision of where we want to go where we want to be and i'm curious if there's any have you seen any overlap Within the astrology, because you know, if someone you know comes up to me and is like, "Look, we're a perfect astrological connection, and we have all these temperaments the same, and all this stuff," but then you know, it's like, "Well, I don't. We're not going the same place." You know, mm-hmm. does is it frequent that that would fall out where it's like, "Okay, you know, me being an Aries going strong, I want to commit to this podcast, create stuff." You know, and would it does the question kind of make sense? You know, is like there that That's- physic world mission built into the astrological chart?
1: Yes. So in terms of like your direction, your growth, like we would look for, because it's, synastry is weighted on different things. And synastry, just for anyone who's listening, a synastry is basically how my chart, my celestial blueprint interacts with your chart and this person's chart, and basically how certain elements of our personality are more dominant within that connection, certain parts of our being that are in alignment. And that will be mirrored within the astrology. So knowing that that is so important to you, i would really look deeply at saturn symmetry that you have with other individuals, because Saturn is essentially what it is that we are building, like externally, as well as North Node, because North Node is our own growth, our own evolution. But it's like, if we weigh different things, because it's like, you might have amazing Venus in with someone, and that would be someone that you would have a lot of fun with, there would be like a, a nice attraction there. But if you are someone where it's like, I really want someone that I can build with and evolve with and seize my values and my mission, I would look and weigh deeper on Saturn and North Node for you. So different people might weigh different things. Someone who really wants Mm. something really exciting and novel might deeply weigh Uranus. And it's also to say, like, when it comes to synastry, while I think there's so much value in understanding those components to the connection, sometimes you just need to, you know, also allow certain elements of yourself to be mirrored. Because sometimes I'll see, like, whether it's within my personal readings or anything of that nature, I'll see like two charts and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a seamless flow of energy. It's so easy. But for some people that they're not in a, in a phase of life where easy works for them, does that make sense? Like they would do they would do better in a connection that sort of challenges them and kind of draws them to evolve. So I think it's also a matter of when people kind of come into being. But I will say to your point, I do believe there are certain significators around are we in alignment in these ways? Are you supporting what it is that I'm, you know, feeling called to create and feeling, you know, in alignment with the mission of it?
0: Well, it's a very interesting nuance that you point out there with the idea of like being in flow. And part of my next question that I was thinking of was along the lines of what you were touching on with, you know, like, and as you were talking about, you know, if, if funds more important or if being mission driven is more important, you know, I guess I was seeing it as like, well, what if all of those things are important and there's kind of like this priority queue, but then you almost answered it with like being in this flow state. Why would it be that somebody might not, um, you know, and I have my own beliefs to this, the answer to this question, but in your opinion, why would it be that somebody wouldn't just want to be with someone who would put you in that flow state with regards to being in a relationship? If, you know, it's if on piece of paper, right, the astrological connections on every single planet, every single star system is lined up. Mm-hmm. Why would it be that people wouldn't fall into that relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think I am such a believer in flow, and they're just kind of being a natural order to things. I've just noticed sometimes this kind of gets into, I don't want to Sometimes mechanics of astrology can overwhelm people, but essentially there is a harmonious flow of um, energy in astrology. It's called a trine aspect, if you've ever heard that terminology. And it basically brings the energy of flow. It's basically two planets 120 degrees away from one another. It'll happen in similar elements and it brings this ease. And we like to see that within Sinistrate. We'd like to see that element of flow. What I have noticed, though, and this goes for if you notice within your bird chart, you have what's called a grand trine, which is basically three planets trining one another. Um, while it's easy energy, it's a flow, it's natural gifts and abilities that you have. And if you have it in synastry, it's a natural kind of just being able to flow and come together. I always say this to my clients. I'm like, you need to you need to still activate that energy like with trines it can kind of bring this energy around resting on our laurels or taking that component of our connection sort of for granted or anything of that nature like when we really look at what drives people towards action and initiation and shifts and evolution things that nature it's actually some of the harsh aspects now i'm not saying that love and connection should be hard but i do think when we have like some harsh aspects to one another it's sort of a, pushes us in emotion to continually want to be the best version of ourselves within that partnership as well as within our own lives. I've just talked to a lot of people, like especially kind of like older couples who've been together for years and years and years. And like the trying definitely brings this energy of flow and this energy of ease. Um, but at a certain point, it's sort of a part to the connection that you take for granted. You sort of like rest on your, your laurels a little bit. So honestly, when I do compatibility, I like to see both. I like to see some energy where it's like, there is some conflict. Cause I think if everything's easy, we don't really get like a lot of growth, like different perspectives and continually being able to learn from one another. Um, I like to see a, a combo. Like we think, we think we want life to be easy and everything be seamless, whether it's in relationships, connections, but we would truly get bored. Like, you know, you're Aries challenge in many <laughs> ways is what drives us in this world. So I think having, having some of that kind of echoed within a connection I personally like to see and maybe that's you know astrologer to astrologer but personally that's what I like to see
0: (laughs) it makes a lot of sense because I can certainly well in my life but what I've even heard from I'm kind of having like three different thoughts of things I want to bring up here Mm -hmm. but you know having that resistance, right? Of some challenge that you're facing. Like I even faced a faced a challenge earlier today with regards to the podcast and bringing on a specific guest and mm-hmm. it's a whole long story, but the point is is that like without that challenge you're not able to kind of like unlock the next level and there's a whole like gating system that I've kind of figured out in my life where like we have these gates and in order to get to the next level of our life, we have to like figure out the key in order to unlock this gate that'll open up the next flow for the next couple days, and then you hit another gate. Um, where am I trying to go with this? Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought with that. Did you have something to say on that?
1: Yeah, just I think just like with new levels, new devils, truly, like every set of like, because it's like, what I like to do, literally, when it comes to like the challenges that I'm unlocking within my world is I really try to be competitive with myself, like looking back at myself, like, A year ago and two years ago and like really observing up and it's funny because it's like something that you've wanted whether it's like this podcast or anything of that nature something that you've wanted you like from the past you currently have and oftentimes we glamorize and we idealize we're like oh if only i had a podcast then everything would be great or like within my world if only i was full-time astrologer everything would be great and and largely you know i do find a lot of gratitude and where I'm at now, but it's like at every level, there's still things that are challenging. And that's why we came to be humans is to be able to like evolve and grow within these new like levels that we ascend to. So oftentimes that's why I try not to be competitive with other people because you don't know the levels that they're unlocking within their world or the challenges that come with that particular echelon of success. So I think the best thing to do is really look at who you were one year ago, two years ago, and be competitive with that person, if you're going to be competitive with anybody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, competition is a very interesting idea in of itself, because I've kind of gotten to this point where I I don't, I I think it's kind of an illusion of some sort. Uh, You know, and it's interesting, because I compete in jujitsu. And this has been like a very, going across this evolution of like spiritual development, I'm like, I haven't really competed too much recently. And I'm trying to figure out like, where that balance is of competition. Like, you know, it comes back to intention really. Like, why are you competing? If it's, um, you know, it changes person to person, but you know, it's almost like if it comes from like this ego place of trying to be better than somebody else or like that competition edge, uh, it's interesting too, because I'm, I don't know why I'm stumbling so much here. He's <laughs> um,
1: about to go retrograde. That's why
0: <laughs> <laughs> the communication's going down. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of this through, though, but competition is really interesting because I've started to look at it in this lens of even. And it's cool because uh, there's Brazilian jujitsu guys who have always talked about how we have this ideology that it's like you either win or lose the match. And in reality, like, that's fine. Like, that's one way to view it. But they've always talked about it as you either win or you learn. And Mm. it's so fascinating because it's like every time I've lost a competition, I've learned something deeper about myself if i go and win the competition, which i've done a couple times, you don't really learn anything. Like it's cool you you almost feed your ego by getting that gold medal, but i didn't learn anything because i was, you know, the the best, you know, i mm-hmm. i did everything that was good enough to win, but i didn't learn. And it's funny too cuz to tie this back into relationships, i've been trying to fix my mental psyche around them to the point where it's it, you know, we it seems like, and this comes back to attachment and things, but we hold on to that last relationship so much that, you know, you can't let go. You start thinking about the good things about it, but it's almost like we can't let go of it until we learn what we needed to learn from it yes. to have us move on to that next experience in life.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like, there can be a reason why it's still sort of like within our psyche. It's like something about it kind of needs to be wrapped up or the lesson is learned and if you don't learn that lesson it'll simply get mirrored to you within the next relationship that you get it. It's like wherever you go, there you are. And that echoes into dating. It's like, if you didn't fully learn that lesson within that connection, you're just going to repeat, maybe not the exact same person, but the exact same kind of dominant themes and the exact same triggers within you and the exact same wounding. So the only way to, you know, get over something is to get through it, like to really face, whether it's a connection or, or whatever it is to face it head on and to learn so that you can really shift into attracting a new type of person into your orbit and not someone who kind of like mirrors those same <laughs> those same patterns over and over that's what i knew i was like okay we're at a different level at least i've worked through it when i started like when i i noticed that i was dating a different sort of person and and, and furthermore kind of taking back to sinister someone who kind of activated different parts to me like it wasn't really activating that sort of familiar wound, obviously, with every connection, there's going to be certain lessons and areas to grow. But I was like, the moment that I was kind of getting different energy into my orbit, when it came to my relationship, I was like, okay, we're at a new, we're at a new level here. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I learned from that. Thank goodness. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. And so to even tie this back to an astrological position, um, is there, do you take like your birth chart? And would you try to say to yourself okay like this is the ideal birth chart of who i'm looking for next and this person is going to be able to unlock different things like like do you almost like look at people as opposed to like you know this physical whatever you want to call it layer do you almost like put this layer of astrology over top of it where like like for instance do you have a list of like i want my next person saturn to be in this or by their next moon to be in this like you're shaking your head is that, is that how you do it <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm okay, so a couple years ago, I was kind of mechanical like that in terms of I want this, I want that, I want these particular positions, so much so that when I met my boyfriend, I literally, like, didn't even... wouldn't even allow the connection to advance I basically was like can I see your ID (laughs) because I wanted to see his birthday I was like let's just settle this early let me see if I and I'm talking like this was like the third thing that I'd said to him was like can I see my your ID and I think part of that I was sort of in a time of my life when I was almost very sort of just like mechanical like I wasn't really in my feminine energy so sort of approaching it through this like do you compartmentalize? Do you fit into this box of what it is that I'm looking for? And what's funny is that he did not. He was literally so when I looked up his chart, I was like, it was the sign, the only sign that I had not dated. Um, and it was a sign that I was like, I will never date that sign. Now I'm talking sun sign and I'm not I'm not like generalizing. But for some reason in my mind, I was like, well, I can't. I can't date that sign. No way. Um, but, you know, and I <laughs> I walked away. I handed him back his ID and I walked away and I hi, nice chatting. Bye-bye. Because I was kind of looking for this weekend. But what's, what's interesting is like, that was four years ago. Like we're still together and it, it's been such an amazing like teacher and it's been so amazing. And I think that's because, <laughs> I think it's because, I didn't exactly get what I was looking for, but I got something so much better, if that makes sense. Um, and I, mm-hmm. it unlocked, like I was going into it in a very like linear mental mind around, do you fit into this box? Is But it's like, it's spirit, it's soul, it's connection. And while astrology can sort of tell us certain dynamics within it, um, it it was something that kind of just, it, it was very... The universe didn't give me what i wanted but it gave me what i needed and i feel like that happens so often so i truly like when i do synastry read readings even what i recommend people use new for is not so much okay yes or no yes or no but more so like understanding okay these are certain dynamics to be mindful of like there are certain parts that I peeped within my boyfriend's birth chart the first time I met him around, okay, I can see this particular area of our connection. You know, we have to like over communicate. That's not something that frees well. like certain, you know, areas to be mindful of and having that awareness helps me be mindful of that. But it, again, it's like, there's no, we can want something that's perfect. And there are certain, you know, signs, placements that I like more than others. But I think just like anything in life, it, when it's a little bit more synchronistic and there is this element of challenge and someone outside of our own psyche, um, or like what we think would be best. There's a lot of opportunity in it. But now when I look at a chart, I'm like, okay, if I were to design a bird chart, it would be this bird chart. <laughs> now I like it. I shouldn't have walked away when I first met. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe it was all part of the challenge. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Because I think it was, and, you know, synastry goes so much deeper than just sun signs. So um, even j- I really just judge the sun sign, which is something that I never do. So it's so s- strange. Like, It was my own sun sign is why I was so against it. I was like, oh, sun, sun. Because the thing about dating the same sun sign as someone else is that it makes you deal with a lot of your own stuff. Like sun is the illuminator. So a lot of times when you have individuals Mm. who date who are the same sun sign, it kind of mirrors certain things to you. There is an inner knowing and you guys really understand each other, but it's not always comfortable because certain things are mirrored back to you. And it's very hard to hide from those things because there is such a shining on one another. So I think subconsciously I was avoiding that work because I was kind of in a more wounded spot. So I didn't want to look at myself, but the connection made me. So again, the universe gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. (laughs) Mm-hmm. that seems
0: to be a common theme in my life as well
1: <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. you
0: ask for you ask for a and it'll give you the polarity and b and it'll, that's what it'll end up giving you it's like no i wanted the opposite of this it's like well <laughs> that's what we're giving you
1: but it, would you agree that like when you look back on it too sometimes like the way things play out i'm like i couldn't even have designed this like we in our conscious mind, you know, we're only seeing the step in front of us, but like the universe is seeing step C, D, E, F, G, whatever. um, And seeing how that thing, us not getting what we want or having that learning from getting the other side of the polarity, how it's setting us up for something so much better and getting to a time when you're like, I could have never imagined it would be this good or I would feel so aligned with my path. Or it's like, oftentimes, I don't know your story of kind of like your spiritual awakening, but a lot of people, it's not Comfortable. Like it comes from something where it's like dark night of the soul. Like they had to kind of go through that in order to get to the other side. And then once you, and you know, there always is parts to healing and parts to spiritual evolving. But when I look back on it, when things I'm like, Oh, this is not what I wanted. When I look back, I'm like, trust me, it's setting you up for the next sex in a better way than you could have even imagined. Like things permeated within my world thus far. Only 28 trips around the sun, but I would say like, just in terms of things that have permeated with my world, it's better than I could have even um, imagined, even though it felt like hell at the time being. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I uh, I totally relate to that in this, this thing that actually happened this morning, which I referenced earlier is kind of screaming to get out. And I don't know if it's just a personal thing, but I think it relates to this where, yeah. so what kind of occurred was is, you know, like we had, we had a meet and greet before this. And I basically lay out the whole gist of the podcast, you know, it's, you know, I asked for a three hour block of time, blah, blah, blah. And so this person, uh, messaged me. So we had the meet and greet. He was cool with the block of time. Then he messaged me earlier this morning and was like, Hey, uh, by the way, like, you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts, you know, really well-known doctor. And so I was like, amped, like, I was so excited to bring him on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So excited to sit down with him. And he emailed me and was like, you know, I've only been doing like hour long podcasts. So like, that's all I'm going to be able to do for whenever we do it. And, you know, I asked him why. And it's interesting, because I started feeling this tension within me. It's like, it becomes this combative thing of like, okay, do I sacrifice, you know, this model of the three hour time frame for to get this well known doctor onto the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it was something I really wrestled with. And This is kind of interesting because something I'm trying to step into more is listening to my sacral region. We can get into that uh, Mm -hmm. because we actually get, it gets into human design, which we can talk about later if you know about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And so it was interesting because I was like, it was hitting this point of like, you know, I know I'm going to be sacrificing things for it uh, if I were to just say yes, but it comes back to almost understanding who you are and setting that boundary of like, you know, no, I need to honor the audience i need to honor that time frame of like this is what people want and i've tried doing interviews that are like an hour and a half and it just never feels right so Mm
1: -hmm. um i don't
0: know why i don't know why i brought that up but it felt like something i needed to get out there
1: yeah and you have to follow those cues and one thing that kind of that illuminated to me like firstly i'm glad that you kind of held that boundary knowing that that is something that's important for your audience and the content but I will just also bring to the surface, and I don't know if you know your full, um, chart thing that nature, all I know is that you're Aries Sun. But when I think of Sun sign, like I think of it in many ways, like I do believe that we picked our birth chart, we picked to major in particular themes. So the only place that I know is Aries, but you picked in some facet to major in Aries like themes. If I grab Aries- my phone,
0: I can pull up a uh, co-star. Uh, if you're yeah. interested in learning some other ones, that helps. Yeah,
1: I would love to know. Yes. Um, but with Aries energy, it's like partly you are majoring in the study of self. Like Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So it is the divine sort of burst, the divine spark of life. And it is the sign of self. Okay. So it's like in part, um, you know, when you major, major life school, when you major in Aries energy, um, you are. Learning at this experience how it is to initiate, to take something from idea to form, to start things, as well as to be authentic and raw within your own like self experience. And I just find that that story that you shared around like you maintaining that boundary, it's like Aries energy isn't necessarily meant to necessarily (laughs) accommodate. And not saying if you're Aries placement out there, it means that you get to be an asshole, mow everyone down. Not that. But it's saying (laughs) you are meant to take up space. You're meant to allow your own like life force in your own creation uh, without sort of, you know, necessarily bending at everything. So I just want to applaud you for holding that boundary. If you know, that's how you work. And it's also like, just when it comes to content, um, just like as someone who's, you know, created content, there's when you make it in a certain way, it's sort of hard to divvy and change and and if it would affect the flow of the interview. So good job for holding that boundary. I know it wasn't easy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. No. Yeah. And that's actually an interesting point you bring up because uh, I know that I, in my past have come across as like a dick, like from just kind of stating the way I see the world as like, this is the way it is. And I never, it's interesting because I never really did it to be like me. And it was just kind of like a more logical minded, more of just like a, this is what it is kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And this brings it up to another interesting thing that I've kind of seen with astrological signs is that it seems like, it, it seems like, and you kind of alluded to this where it'll kind of tell you quote unquote who you are. But as I've kind of gone through this development, I'll see things and I'll be like, well, yes and no, because I used to be that way, but since I've healed that portion of me, I am now kind of more of an involved state of this, you know, whether it's, and I've got all my stuff pulled up now, if you're interested, but like, you know, like it's, you're saying like being the asshole, it's like, that was Mm -hmm. an unevolved, that was a more immature version of me. And like you're saying, I have that propensity to do that. And so Mm -hmm. now in that kind of like more, less egotistical, more taking empathy into consideration, I've kind of developed that, aries nature and i'm trying to find that balance of where it lies Mm -hmm. it's interesting because it comes back to what you're saying where that's kind of what you need to do
1: and i with so there's basically two branches and really schools of thought there's more than two but the major schools of thought when it comes to astrology is fatalistic or transpersonal also known as evolutionary And the biggest core difference is that fatalistic astrologers approach things where it's like, you are your chart, that is who you are, that is what you will be, your destiny is Mm. laid out, and there's no option in that. I personally identify as a transpersonal astrologer, which essentially means that you have this chart, you have this blueprint, you can unlock the lower vibration of that, like you know, because every sign, every aspect, like everything has a higher vibration, a lower vibration. So like, like we were highlighting with the Aries energy, there can be, you know, like reckless, impulsive, selfish, whatever the lower vibration of Aries energy is. But you can also be conscious of that. And that's where I feel like the true gift of astrology is. It's not defending myself, oh, I'm a Pisces, so I'm always going to be, you know, weak and not powerful, but rather looking at it (laughs) and evolving beyond it and noticing those moments, like, for me as Pisces sun, <laughs> um, like observing those moments when I show up as kind of the lower vibe of that Pisces sun feeling really like weak and helpless. And like, I'm not cut out for this world. Um, I, I observe those tendencies and rather than being like, well, it's all I am because I'm a Pisces sun. I'm like, okay, I'm observing that come to the surface, but I'm going to show up as a higher vibration of it. So I think that's where the, the true beauty of astrology comes from when we really activate it. And and kind of up level it. Cause like truthfully to personal level, like my <laughs> my chart, if, if an astrologer, or rather if I got an astrology reading and I like showed them my chart, like it's, and I've gotten a few and they haven't had this reaction, but my reaction, if someone were to give me my chart would be like, whoa, girl, okay. Cause it's, there's certain elements of it that are very, very challenging. And there's certain elements where it's like, I definitely could kind of feed that lower vibration but i think that's the purpose of astrology and that's really um the kind of clients that i'm really inspired to work with is individuals who are like i know these tendencies they keep coming up how can i get beyond this how can i show up as the higher version of myself Mm -hmm. so i just that's the school of thought and i'm not making the fatalistic branch of astrology wrong at all i just believe that we do have free will (laughs) and the ability to really like carry out the highest potential and magic of our birth chart is my personal opinion on it.
0: I love that you make that distinction that there's a two schools of thought that would come with it because to me it was striking as like mass or not mad. Well, it was doing that, but I'm thinking of it like growth versus fixed mindset where, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a idea that you are what you are and that's all you are uh, versus like growth mindset where it's like, okay, well, there's something here to learn. Like I can do this. And it kind of gets interesting because it does get into the masculine and feminine version of it where you're talking about how, okay, well, this is what I am. And so I can't do anything about to change it. And I've mostly noticed this with girls, I suppose, but I I don't know, maybe it's an emotional thing, but I mean, they tend to lean feminine for a reason, but where it's like, okay, my emotions are coming up. I'm sad. I'm going to just keep telling the world that I'm sad today and I don't think I've ever heard anyone say it's because of their sign, but I know I've heard mostly girls like, Oh, I'm sad today. So I'm just going to be sad. Oh, I'm going to be this today. So I'm just going to be this. And it's almost absolving yourself of the masculine counterpart to it. It's almost absolving yourself of that energy of like, okay, like you can change that. Like just because you are in the state of sadness doesn't mean you have to carry out being sad the rest of the day. Like there are plenty of things you can do. Um, you know, to actually cut that off and completely change the outlook of your day to get you into a more positive, receiving, happy state.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would say that you're kind of viewing that from your own kind of like perspective or from your own birth chart, I would say, because like to one to one level, like when I hear you say that, so I have moon rising, so my moon's right on the ascendant, and we are going to look at your birth chart. I'm curious what your moon signs in now. Um, so, like, I kind of relate to what you said in that my emotion, like how it is that I view the world, and this might be because I am, you know, feminine or whatever, but I view the world very, very like emotionally, like very, very happy, happy, sad, sad, and it's like I, rather than when I'm having a sad feeling. You know, there is an element of, you know, I'm just going to be sad today. But I think also sometimes our sads and our angries and whatever can like teach us something. So even those moments when I'm like, okay, I'm sad. How can I just be happy? Sometimes I like need to go through that sad or fully just envelop myself in that emotion so I can get to the other side. But to that point and to your point, truly, um, there does get to be a point where it's like, okay, I've learned what I need to learn from the sad. It's not doing any good. So I'm going to, you know, go outside, go for a walk, things of that nature. But I think we always, the reason there is fundamental, you know, disagreement and conflict also is just like, we view things how we are not how they are. And it's like, everybody has a different perspective. Like for one person, what make might make them feel better is, you know, a bubble bath and like a pedicure or the next person it's like they just need to escape into a book like we all have different methods of how it is that we sort of get her our through ourselves through those dark moments and we also have people you know like you where you kind of view very logically around i'm sad this isn't really working for me let me take steps in order to not get sad i more so just see them as teachers i like invite them I, this is a poem this is an original thought but um i invite like my emotions for a cup of tea i'm like okay why are you here? What are you here to teach me? But again, you know, my chart is very much sad girl. So it definitely goes between the extremes of it, but I try not to stay within it. If it's not serving me any longer, if it's like, okay, the sad is here. It drank all the tea. It's time for you to go. I need to move (laughs) on with my life.
0: (laughs) I think that's kind of more to the effect of what I was trying to articulate. Right. Mm -hmm. Is the idea of like, the the identification, as I feel like where it gets a little bit, let's say poisonous, yeah. it's like I, I'm all on board with you. Like there's times where I felt grief. There's times where I felt hardship. I mean, even my story earlier, I didn't want to say what I had to say. I felt maybe grief. I don't know if grief is the right, right word, maybe apathy, but I felt mm-hmm. like lower because I had to yeah. break news that I didn't want to break. And I'm all about that. But what I was trying to get at was as opposed to identifying with that as like, all right, well, this happens. So I'm going to identify with the rest of the day. It's more working through that emotion as opposed to projecting it to the outside world, as opposed mm-hmm. to identifying with it, all the people around you.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. That totally makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Cause it's like also with the aspect that I talked about that I have, like with moon conjunct ascendant, like I've definitely been that of projecting it to the outside world and just like sitting within it and just being like, everything's cursed. There's, just no, nothing good in this world, I swear. And now I'm just conscious of it around the gifts that it sort of gives me in certain ways and sort of, yeah, sitting with it, allowing it fully and then saying goodbye when it's time for it to go. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's,
0: that's, go ahead.
1: Oh, pardon. I was just going to ask if your moon sign is open on your co-star, Yeah. What's your moon in? I'm just curious, since we're talking about the feels and emotions. for sure, ask away. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> it looks like it would be first house Libra. Does that make sense?
1: Okay. I was going to say, so, um, uh, okay. This is for anyone who has air moon, just like you. Firstly, I think it's fascinating. You're born during a full moon. So we'll talk about that. Cause I was too. There's my full moon behind me. Um, okay. firstly, you're born during a full moon. Fascinating. But secondly, to the emotional, um, point of our conversation, um, if you have an air sign moon, so that is my Gemini moons, my Libra moons and my Aquarian moons air is the element in astrology that has to do with logic has to do with rationale has to do with communication which is probably in part why you do what you do because naturally libra moons do have this desire especially when it comes to their um emotional landscape to kind of like weigh things out libra you may or may not know it's represented by the scale so it's essentially it's very logical weighs things out does this make sense and it also tunes into the other which um, so the reason I was like, oh, my gosh, is just because I was like, I wonder if he's an air sign moon, because there does feel to be something very kind of like logical and measured and sort of like processed about it. Mm. Um, and the, to my other point about the full moon part is it's fascinating because you have your sun sign and is this all new information or is this something that you're already conscious of within your chart?
0: Uh, what do you mean by that? The... Just knowing that you're really, a Libra no... moon
1: and okay.
0: I mean, okay. I've had, like, I've been on CoStar, I have all this information, but like, I don't, I've not gone through like, what does this planet mean? What does it mean in this sign? Like, I'm not, I'm not at that okay. level of it. So
1: okay. it's all I'm new just,
0: information to me.
1: Got it. Okay, just want to check in because when I started talking, someone's go mile a minute. So it just helps to know where, you know, everyone's <laughs> out with their project. But what I just want to highlight.
0: Assume we know nothing.
1: Yes. So when you have your sun sign and your moon sign in opposite signs, because Aries and Libra are opposites in astrology and your job here, your assignment is essentially to balance those opposites because Aries, as I highlighted earlier, is the sign of self. It's a sign of initiation. It's a sign of like impulses and instincts and taking action right and then libra is a sign of other so other people connections partnerships kind of a more balanced measured approach and when you do have your sun sign and your moon sign in opposite oppositions sometimes it can it can be firstly they typically create very full very varied lives like you literally came into existence during a you know, a full moon, you're craving a full life. So it's it's kind of interesting talking to people who are older who have full moons, because it's like, they always have most like, rich, interesting stories to tell, because there is something within them that is sort of unsettled, they crave really big experiences and varied experiences at that. Um, but the challenging part, part about it, especially interpersonally, is that you are balancing this tension of opposites. And when it comes to opposites. It's almost like you have to go one way and then the other until you find that inner person. And it's always looking for balance between the two. So for you, and I think this podcast is a beautiful expression of this. um, For you, it's always this balance around self, what it is that you are initiating and feel called to drive into and balancing that with other people, um, you know, other people as mirrors and reflection and just partnership and connection also just to a Libra moon point is something that is very important. But with the Aries sun, you're here to learn about self. So it's learning how to be divinely and authentically yourself and to have the freedom to be able to initiate new challenges while still being being able to maintain connections or at least being able to learn from other people. So anyways, just fascinating to see that full moon balance. And it definitely describes the more um, logical approach when it comes to emotions and things of that nature. <laughs>
0: I'm uh, I'm smiling over here because you nailed a lot of... <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with a lot of the things you just said there. I certainly have a lot of fascinating stories. And what was the other thing you said? Oh, this balancing act. Like, first 26-ish years of my life was very masculine approach, logical-minded. And then the last, like, year and a half-ish was more trying to fall into that feminine of, like, okay, just, like, don't worry about anything. Just figure it out. And now I'm kind of transitioning back the last like month or two, I've been transitioning back into a more masculine, like, okay, but we got to do stuff, like get this, yeah. get this done, do this. And
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's so it's like going back and forth until you find that middle point. And like, I just want to share because I was also born on a full moon. Anyone else who might be born on a full moon, that would be if your sun and moon sign are in opposite signs. So Aries, Libra, Taurus, Scorpio, Gemini, Sagittarius, Cancer, Capricorn, Leo, Aquarius, or Virgo, Pisces. And again, it's opposition. So it's like, while these individuals tend to be very, very great when it comes to you know, connections and things of that nature, um, it, they can feel sometimes at odds within themselves or constantly struggling for balance. I know I certainly feel that with my Pisces sun Virgo moon. It's like the Pisces sun is like very much in flow. Let's just feel, let's just make a mess, whatever. And then my Virgo moon's like, no, we need order. We need position. Precision. We need everything to be exact. Um, so it's interesting, kind of negotiate. It's an interesting life assignment, I'll say, that we signed up for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, based on your language, then, uh, based on what I'm picking up here, is that you're on board with the whole idea that we like chose our lives, that we picked when we incarnated, we picked about our life past. How did you, you're shaking your head, yes. So, the question then is, is like, how did you come to that conclusion that, you know, we, we decided, we decided this incarnation, we decided our life experience, you know, how, how did, what was your story like to come to that realization?
1: That's a really great question. And I'll say how I personally arrived to that. I mean, for one lens, it just is a deep inner knowing, I guess, around that just always has been something that made perfect sense to me. (laughs) And then um, bringing it kind of to astrology, kind of Built that foundation for me as well because there are certain parts to astrology. If you've looked into North Node and South Node, South Node represents certain lessons that we've learned from past lifetimes, certain Achilles' heel, like ways that we've kind of gotten stuck in our evolution or like ways that we sort of blocked our own growth. It can be a comfort zone and you can have certain abilities and talents that are represented by the South Node, but it's not where you meant to stay. Essentially, North Node is the lessons you signed up for in this lifetime. So when that was taught to me, that made such sense. And it clicked this part that I was like, yes, this absolutely makes sense. Like I wanted to learn about these themes. And even if you look into family charts, I love doing like generational readings because if you even look at individuals within families, it's like within my family, what runs rampant and is almost like passed down just as much as any other genetics would be is sun Saturn conjunctions, which is just basically an aspect that only happens, you know, the odds of that happening, it only happens like every like two and a f- 2.5 years. It's such a rare thing to occur to have within every person within as far back as I mm. can see. It kind of just mirrors certain elements around, okay, I feel like I chose this family. <laughs> and it'll be really interesting like when I have kids if that like continues, you know, like that particular aspect. But um, yeah, to answer your question, essentially, It's kind of built in. I don't want to say that everybody who studies astrology needs to believe that way. It was just something that when it was taught to me and when I read about it, I was like, that makes complete sense. (laughs) And when I looked at my chart, I'm like, okay, I see why I picked these particular themes. (laughs) I can totally see it. And it's like, ever since I was little, I've always felt that, um, we've had past lives and future, like, beyond even when it was told to me like that was just like a a deep inner knowing so it's always resonated with me and where my south note is and something that's also made sense to me um kind of tells a story around in past lives like i was an astrologer too which makes so much sense because there was stuff even before i studied that i knew and i was like where is this coming from or even particular like Mm. things that would come out in readings and i'm not you know trying to toot my own horn or anything like that but i was just like where is this it literally felt like I was channeling something, and so when I sort of dove into that self note, I was like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. I was an so installer in a past life. That's why a lot of this feels so natural, so to all I want to say about that is basically, I do believe that we chose this lifetime, and it's something that's always clicked for me. What kind of made you believe that, or do you believe that?
0: Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. I'm on board with it i mine where did it start? I think it started with the well, I heard about the Akashic records. I'm trying to remember the timeline, how this pulled up. I think it started with the learning about the Akashic records and kind of entertaining the idea. Then I have a very, very crazy Akashic records story uh, about the first time I accidentally kind of accessed them. Mm-hmm. That you know, through you know, reasoning alone couldn't explain it. That it seemed valid, and then. I believe I started reading books by like Dr. Michael Newton and Dolores Cannon. And those mm-hmm. books, you know, based on the way that they're set up, the way that they've repeated and gotten the same answers from thousands of people, it's like, okay, this makes sense. And it's kind of similar to what you're saying, where there's just like this knowing. You hear something a certain way and you're just like, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. And I've also kind of been trying to put the pieces of everything together, right? Like, this might go back to something we can look in my birth chart about. But I've always had like a very scientific-minded nature about me. And I was brought up Presbyterian. But along the way, they started changing words in the Presbyterian language of the Bible. And then in science, you know, we always relied on the Newtonian model of the atom. Quantum physics came along and was like, hey, this model is completely wrong. So I found myself at this injunction with religion and, and science where, okay, we're constantly changing these things. Like, and I mean, you can even from a planetary perspective, you can take science back to when we said that the earth was the center of the universe and mm-hmm. it's like, oh wait, no, we revolve around the sun. It's like, yeah. so science and religion have always been changing. And mm-hmm. I think that that deep questioning kind of is what in a sense started leading me to these like new ways of exploration of Okay, where like I it's not that I need something but I was driven to find something that was able to almost explain everything mm-hmm. and you know it led me to spirituality, it led me to the idea of reincarnation, it led me to the idea of we choose our existence. And <laughs> it's so funny too because it was validated. I I remember growing up whenever I was like in middle school or high school and I was like I would pick white male, you know, 10 times out of 10. Like if I had a choice, I'd pick white male every single time. And I sat down with a Akashic record reader. Uh, This was only recently. And uh I was like, you know, do I have any like past lives? And there's traumatic shit that happened in a couple lives with regards to women. And I'm sure there's reasons that I've avoided being a woman. But she even pointed out that was like, yeah, majority of your past lives, pretty much all of them were ma- male. And maybe one was female, but it was really short. And wow. I was like. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like that's validation for me that like, you know, you know, this knowing that I've had since I was in middle school, that was like, oh, like you say it off the cuff. I kind of always said it as a joke, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because of the way, quote unquote, white males are portrayed through media and, you know, the whole social dynamics around it. And so I kind of always said it as a joke, but it just resonated with me. And so to hear that, I was like, okay, like notch this as another, as another mark for um, the idea of reincarnation and me picking this existence,
1: mm-hmm, and I think there's like certain theories or you know, like ideas about the afterlife or what it is that we come. Like a lot of them, like I was also brought up very, um, like in a religious household or within a, relig- a religious ideology. And while I would learn about this stuff, it never really ignited this deep feeling within me and if anyone's religious I'm not making you wrong at all but it was just like to me personally it didn't really grant me the sense of connection and a bigger picture feeling of truly alignment and even I don't know why but it makes me feel very safe or very just aligned to something bigger I don't know It, it gave me a feeling that I hadn't yet found before, and that was what I essentially, (laughs) I guess, needed and was looking for is just that deep resonance, like something around, like, that just makes sense to me. It just feels right. And even, like, how I've kind of played with different modalities around what happens when we die or anything like that is I'm like, even if, even if I'm totally wrong and there's not past lives and, and there's not future life and whatever, the, the amount of I guess peace or connection or alignment or wisdom or insights that it's given me even within this life, <laughs> I'm like that's value enough within itself. like the resonance that it's given me has been enough. So I'm like it doesn't feel like it's affecting my world anyway. so it just it just feels right and I think when we carve our own path it's important to you know familiarize ourselves, whether it's with spiritual theories or or whatever else. but pay attention to what really ignites something within you. Um, cause there can be something deeper for you to flesh out or something that it can sort of like mirror back to you that can make more sense of your experience here.
0: And there's a point in there that I really, really want to drive home. And I think this is an important point. Uh, you know, again, if I, I mean, I assume people listening to this podcast are probably going to agree with this already, but that point of like what resonates with you what makes you feel lighter what takes pressure off of you what helps you like understand so like even if you take everything we've already said and just been like okay whatever that's bullshit you have your own rational reasons that you want to disclude it you got to come i think that it's so powerful to come back to how does the idea make you feel right Mm -hmm. if you hold on to the idea that nothing happens after we die and everything goes black let's say for lack of a better phrase it's Mm -hmm. like that makes me feel like shit like that honestly makes me feel bad. That makes me feel like there's no point to existence. There's nothing to do here. Why am I doing anything? But yet if it's this idea that I'm here to learn a lesson, I pick this life, I'm going to transcend and live another life. It helps me feel lighter. It helps me transcend mm-hmm. the ego that I have had my entire life. It helps me to feel lighter. It helps me do good for other people because I understand that I can be helping them along their journey. And so mm-hmm. I feel like that is such a huge piece of the puzzle is it's like, you know, screw everything else. You can rationalize everything else, but how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel that you chose this life, that there's a lesson to learn as opposed to, okay, well, nothing happens after you die. It just all goes black. It's like, yes, which one feels better?
1: Exactly. And there's this book. I absolutely love it. It's by Gil Edwards. And she was basically talking about when you think about life and afterlife and the topics that we're talking about, basically, there's three ways that it really could work out. If you boil down all the different theories, all the different religious beliefs, there's basically three options of what life is. The first one, life is a random occurrence, right? We are just random atoms and it just all happened and it's all random. It means nothing. We are nothing. That's the first one. So life is random. The second one is life is a trial. We have this experience to prove that we are good enough to some sort of God or some other Mm -hmm. higher power. This life is basically a test around we need to be good enough or be pure enough and the third one is that life is a gift that it was like it's an opportunity for us to learn particular lessons and grow and evolve and furthermore enjoy our time here and within the book she kind of goes down each of those elements and is like You know, if life is random, as you highlighted, it could trigger certain feelings around being like, oh my gosh, is this all that there is? It can just bring this feeling of, you know, despair. The second one, life is a trial, just makes your entire life feel like that moment before you have like a pop quiz in school, just like, oh my gosh, I got to be good enough. I got to prove myself, right? And the third one allows for this feeling around, you know, a gift of being able to grow and evolve, which yes, gives certain rewards within the present, even beyond, you know, in future lifetimes. So paying attention to what things make you feel. And I think that's important because there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different modalities, particularly spiritually. Um, There's lots of different thoughts on the afterlife. Like as you've been highlighted, like there's human design, there's astrology, there's so much stuff out there and so many ways to connect to your spirit. And it's so important to be discerning around what feels good to you like what makes sense what just deeply aligns that's why it's like i don't need everybody to believe in astrology like i'm not someone who's out there like let me prove it to you uh how this is right i'm like It's such a method and it's an art of interpretation that has yielded so many positive results in my life and in my client's life and things of that nature. I'm not going to waste my energy trying to convince other people to come to the side. I'm like, the right people are drawn to this because it resonates like, and I don't mean right in terms of that they're better than the people, but it's like, there's something about it that makes sense to them. There's something about it within it. So it's not that every modality is right for every person. So paying attention to like what resonates, what language or what framework provide some sort of sense or solace within your world.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really quite, it's really quite fascinating because like at the end of the day, that's, what's important. And um, you know, with regards to that randomness, right? Like there wouldn't be, well, let's not even talk about it because I feel like (laughs) (laughs) they're not going to make any progress with that. Um, (laughs) Something, something that you do keep talking about though is uh, like North North node and South node and I was looking through my chart and I don't see that anywhere on my chart. So how is that how does that play into this? Where do you find that? Is that is it, something that's in the Are you looking
1: at CoStar? Okay. Because CoStar is really not it. <laughs> oh, no. it's really not great. No. Um, yeah, I would recommend Nui, or you can if you just wanna go online, Astro.com is a great tool um, to learn more Astro. about it. Com. Yeah, Yes. Yes. Because North Node is huge. I mean, North Node is huge. Oh. And particularly knowing that you do have the belief systems that you do there. Because it's like South Node is where it is that you've been before. So it can represent certain gifts. Achilles heel. Whereas like North Node, I, <clears throat> we'll see yours in a second. But when I look at my North Node, it makes me so deeply uncomfortable. I'm like, why the hell did I sign up for this? Because it's not what comes easy. If we came for an easy life, we would still be like in the South node. It's like where our growth is and what we are trying to strengthen. But typically it's an area and an arena of life that doesn't necessarily (laughs) come as naturally to us um, because it's what we essentially majored in in this lifetime in terms of our growth. Yeah, so that's a really important part. And just a fun fact, since this is um, like a newer concept so essentially like when we have eclipses so our next round of eclipses is actually right now when this episode comes out we're in the middle of eclipses and when we talk about eclipses that's when the new moon or the full moon essentially is by the nodes it's when i talk about north node it's nodes of the moon um so eclipses are basically lunations bundled up with the north node just just fun fact there
0: (laughs) and I, I think I sent you an email. I'm not sure if you replied to it, but I this is releasing on October like 20th. I think is that what yep. we're talking about? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, cool. The first eclipse is October 25th, and then the second one is November 8th. And we need to make sure to go into those because those. <laughs> are so something intense. that we should
0: probably, yeah. So let's dive into it. I tried to go to astro.com, but I wasn't able to find anything. Um, okay, it, it, like it. It just looks like a rough website. Uh, is there? Oh. Okay, so for anyone who's following along, it looks like go to astro.com slash CGI slash chart dot CGI. Does that sound about right to you?
1: I just go to astro.com and then if you scroll down a little bit, it says charts and calculations.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be... Let's make this
0: interactive. Yeah, (laughs) everybody
1: put in (laughs) (laughs) astro.com. It's a tool that I really like. I mean, there's a lot of one that you can find if the interface isn't resonating with you, but that's the one that I like just because it makes it really clear. In well, my it's opinion. also
0: interesting because you're not the first person to tell me that CoStar isn't the best uh, isn't the best source of information as well.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't have any. Sign. Yeah. I I don't have any like personal beef with them or anything, but it's just really hard because I've just noticed like a lot of times when people put it <laughs> in my face it, it doesn't really tell you that much like within oh, really? your chart yeah and it's really hard because a lot of people will show me their table chart or they'll be like oh we'll co at this and it's like a lot sometimes with my consultations will be kind of like fixing those mm. sort of errors. And again, I don't have any personal beef. It's just, it, it, it's not a very, it's not a very comprehensive interface. Like I, I can't even believe there's not North node. I mean, I just feel like that's really, really big, but I'm not, I'm not talking I mean, crap. to your point.
0: Well, let's, I'll give them a benefit where uh, I do get like daily notifications from them. And mm-hmm. for some reason their daily notification every day is on point with something I'm going through. So mm-hmm. I'll give them props mm-hmm. for that. Uh, outside yeah. of <laughs> the daily notifications, it sounds like they're not, the astrological community isn't crazy about them. But...
1: And and I think the bigger point of why people initially were kind of not on board is because it most of it is AI generated. I believe now they've h- hired astrologers, but the astrologer community was like a little mm. um, excluded because astrologers weren't really enveloped in the creation of it is, is what I aware of and like a lot of AI was utilized, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that was initially what was kind of, and my own, why I'm basically like, uh, I'm not my favorite. It's just because it doesn't really tell you that much. So when someone's like showing me their co-star chart and they're like, tell me stuff. I'm like, this doesn't, this, this, I can't really get that much. It's, it's like laid out so weird. Um, so yeah, so again, not, not personal beef, but just something to keep in mind. But, um, with, so I have my chart did, up. Were you able I ha- to find I have it? My okay. Chart up. So look yeah. for the little. It looks like a little horseshoe on the left-hand side. You'll see something that says True Node. Okay. Do you see it's that little symbol? There's a.
0: Yeah, there's two things I see here. One's True Node and one's uh Chirian. Chur- Chiron.
1: Chiron. Chiron. Yeah. Chiron. Yeah. Chiron. Almost mm-hmm. had
0: it.
1: <laughs> so those are <laughs> two Chiron's that I don't see. Yeah.
0: I haven't yeah. seen that before. Well. So is True Node North Node or South Node?
1: True node is North node. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what are the three letters by it when it says True
0: node? Uh, SEO, which I'm assuming is Scorpio.
1: Yep. 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 Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. So, I can chat deeper on that. And then, can you find so, if you find little horseshoe symbol, can you let me know which house it's in so the numbers are in the inner ring?
0: The numbers are in the inner ring. Okay, so it's a horseshoe, which is upside down, right? Yes. It's on the left side of the screen. Uh, does it make sense that it would span between 1 and 12?
1: Mm, does that make sense yeah. at all? Um, is it, okay, when you look at the inner ring, I feel like the little numbers. See, like the pieces of pizza, how there's a number inside every little piece of pizza within the circle chart? Like yep. finding which piece of pizza that horseshoe is in. It's in between one and 12. Like it's right on that line. Is
0: that what you're saying? Uh, well, the horseshoe itself is in the 12 section. It's more in the 12 oh. section, but or wait, there's so wow. well. So hold on. Let me articulate this a little bit better. Uh, there's like a giant ring just also for the people out ho- at home. There's a giant ring on the outside, which has, it looks like all the astrological symbols and different colors. And then there's lines in the middle that at each point have astrological symbols, So are we talking about the giant circle on the outside that has the symbols in them?
1: No, the colored symbols. No, those are signs. So look at the inner ring, like the little black symbols. All of those little symbols represent where a different planet was. And then you'll just look for the upside down.
0: Uh, Okay. So then it's in four. Oh, it's
1: it's in four. four, Okay. 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 So, so it's like at the bottom of the chart, right? The circle chart, it's like towards the bottom. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So essentially you have self node. So I'm also a self node tourist. So like I said, with North node, it's not always what makes us very comfortable. I don't know if you're familiar with Scorpio, but it's not always the most pleasant energy. So I'll chat you through it. But again, it's like what you wanted to learn. So, um, with the south node taurus this would represent and especially with yours in the 10th house it would suggest that there was past lives around a taurus themes which taurus is about stability security and accumulation and 10th house is about career and public persona so it feels to be with the combination within there um that a lot of your past lives were concerned around Prestige and like building a life that looked good on the outside, rather one, rather than one that felt good on the inside. Like if you, it's not listed on the chart, but essentially south node's always opposite the north node, so it's like you've had past lives where that was the focus. How much stuff can I accumulate? How much, you know, like how much success can I reach in terms of what other people see? Because when you just look at the circle chart, what's at the top of it? So if you see those letters that say MC. That was the mm. highest portion of the sky at the moment that you were born. So that represents what it is that we are here to essentially like rise up to and be known for within like a public domain. And with your self known Taurus, it's not to say that you're not meant to have a career or be known or be successful, but it's saying in past lives, you kind of got stuck. So I don't know if there was like a ego blocker around building what other people wanted and not necessarily prioritizing yourself and always what it feels like to me is always taking the safe option so i just want to also applaud you just like knowing a little bit about what you've shared with me um because a, a big theme with south node Taurus is around breaking the rut around always choosing comfort and always choosing like security and stability like the 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 safe option right and with your north node scorpio if you're familiar with scorpio Scorpio is about essentially (laughs) risk in many ways. It's the energy about being able to let go of something because Taurus is about accumulation. Scorpio is Mm. about destruction. So with North Node Scorpio, in many times it is signing up for a lifetime around ending things or being able to release things when they no longer essentially serve, which again, Scorpio is the energy of the Phoenix. So it's like they typically are signing up for a lifetime that has a lot of reinventions <laughs> It has a lot of like rebuilding themselves. Um, and the, the fundamental question just with, and Scorpio also has to do. So Taurus is substance, it's matter, Scorpio is spirit because it's also like in destruction, finding what truly matters to one's soul. So there is a life journey around letting go around, whether it's like other people's expectations or what was the safe route or what was the stable route in order to pursue something that, because fourth house is, The base of the chart, it's emotional state, it's home, it's family, it's beyond that. But it really asks the question around what is it that means something to me um, within the bigger scheme and making decisions that may not make sense to other people, but feel good for you, as well as being able and being willing to sort of burn down (laughs) certain bridges um, of what's no longer serving or being able to like kind of reinvent yourself. So it's an interesting journey. I also have North Node Scorpio and it's like, there's also a journey because with self Node tours and, and we should appreciate our self Node. like it's given you gifts around and it's given anyone self-known tours else gifts around um they typically have a really strong work ethic they typically are individuals who are very kind of like stubborn when it comes to what it is that they are building and they are they do tend to be individuals who do work very hard um but in this lifetime you can find that the results of what it is that you are looking for come quicker when you're able to This is going on a whole tangent, but when you were able to sort of um, deeply merge into and try on other people's like values or beliefs, like Scorpio is all about merged energy, which is why it's a sign that's associated with spirituality. So also taking into account in this lifetime, you are here to receive. So whether it's receiving support. Um, receiving, I don't know, investment in the podcast, receiving ideas for their people with North Node Scorpio. Cause like South Node Taurus, a lot of past life stuff was around, I got to earn it for myself. I got to do it for myself. And in North Node Scorpio, it's essentially okay in this lifetime to receive like a lot of the gifts that you could be offered or ideas or anything of that nature, just think of it as gifts from spirit source universe whatever you want to call it um there's this really lovely book it's called astrology of the soul by james viller really recommended for anyone who loves north node stuff but there's this line that always sticks with me and it's like if you have south node taurus you've worked so hard in past lifetimes. Like in this lifetime, you come here and you're like a little bit tired and you do things your way, the hard way. And so much so that you can sort of like be closed off and just kind of muscle through it. But in this lifetime, there will literally be sent people who will tell you like easier way to do something or like give you an idea of something powerful. And like part of it is around being open to receive from other people because there's an easier way to do things. And it really is about um, leaning more so into this energy of flow and of trust. Like South No Tours is just like, I'm only successful of A, B, and C. So anyways, that's just a little bit about it. But I, I just think nodes are so fascinating to dive into.
0: There's certainly a lot of, uh, it feels like a lot of truth in what you're saying, uh, with regards to, I'm not so sure about the past life stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. being that I think, I think there was a lot of, uh, like uh, warrior type stuff in my past life. So it would probably mm-hmm. stand to reason with what you're saying there, mm-hmm. but with regards to this life, There have been so many times where, you know, doing the brute force force method, I've just I've started to kind of resent it because I've known that there has to be a different way. Or it's interesting you say this because I know that there's times where I hear people say this is the way it has to be done. And I'm very quick to, like, challenge it. I'm like, no, like, that doesn't feel right to me. I'm not doing it. Uh, A perfect example is like this podcast where, um, you know, I've read podcast books. I've read books on growing a podcast. And one of the things that people have said is like, you have to do a podcast between one hour and an hour 30. And I'm just like, no, that doesn't resonate with me. Like, I don't like doing that. I've tried that before. I'm like, we're not, we're not doing it. And so I think to your point, you know, there's, and it comes back to learning about human design too, where, you know, I've been told through this, that I need to listen more to myself and to not push through things and to listen to what feels right, as opposed to doing something because it's, going to and I think you said something along the lines about like getting fame or recognition like like this is a perfect example this must be why I brought that story up earlier is because we've already had like a couple examples leading back to it it's like Mm -hmm. it's like you know why would I push through this barrier that I've set for the three hour mark and it's like okay just to have this name on your podcast to have the social proof how that outward external validation to have like a be a little bit more prestigious and it's like you know it's like what you're saying it's like it's what the birth chart's saying i guess (laughs) that you're saying (laughs) um you know being true to yourself in order to accomplish the thing the things that you want to accomplish and it's so cool too because as i was even writing out that email i'm like okay i know that there's something that's going to come out of this that is like you know that that pain that i could feel writing it that like okay this doesn't make sense i knew that there was something that was going to like kind of is going to manifest out of me kind of setting that boundary for myself. That will be like that next evolution going back to that gate system I was talking about earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's like, when you have a like <laughs> North known Scorpio um, as what's present within your birth chart there, you know, there is tremendous value in being able to, in especially in the portion of your chart which is very private and being able to tune into what like means something to me. Because like in the past life, whether it's warrior or however that came to being, it was like, you know, a lot of what it was that you did, you did for other people or you did for like recognition or like all those things. So I think in those moments when we have opportunities to sort of change the pathway, um, is, you know, evolving for our soul. We're not getting stuck in like the familiar we can pull in certain gifts and abilities from it, certainly, but we're not being seduced by the same sort of allures or the same things that drove us. And that's where I think kind of like a certain degree of, um, evolution came from and like continuing. So like with your North node fourth house, continue to dial into, you know, what is integral to me? (laughs) What makes me feel good? What is the style of, you know, like, that's like, seriously, for anyone who creates content, the, the hack for creating content is to create content that you like to make because if you don't it will literally (laughs) um it you you literally can't do it like you have to do it so often and stay so consistent that if you don't enjoy the process it just takes you off so I think it was like a life school test (laughs) your experience this morning around really dialing into that and really sharpening into what it is that you are like creating and what it kind of like means towards you to a baseline um like for me, I feel like mine's kind of near yours, but like a little bit to the side. Um, Mine's in the third house and that's largely about communication and um, being able to take complex things and turn them into something that is tangible or accessible or like makes sense. Like being able to transmute essentially like wisdom into something that makes sense, if that makes sense. Um, And a lot of times with North Road, it's not where we're most comfortable. And it's like with my North Node third house, I was never, you know, I'm, I'm still not totally, but I am better about it. Like I've never really been someone who loved talking. I literally didn't really talk that much when I was younger, but it's like, I literally this cosmic assignment around really strengthening how it is that I communicate and like show up within that way to be able to take the kind of insights in the ninth house into that. So it's helpful to remind yourself of that, of your North node. That's why my little necklace has, this is my birth chart and it has it on there. So it helps me like, remember, like to continue, like even if there's a conversation where I'm like, Oh, I want to conserve my energy or whatever else, like continuing to remember, like you are here to develop as a communicator and also as a receiver for information. So continuing to kind of encourage and nudge myself in that direction I found is another helpful element of, of your North node journey
0: interesting and maybe speaking on that uh you know i i wonder if there's a similar energy you know so like in this moment that i had this morning like there was an energy of like holding back of kind of tension let's say do you kind of feel that with regards to communication of like needing to push through the tension in order to deliver what you need to say
1: that's been my major challenge i believe because it's so interesting like just the path that I've chose, although I literally feel like it chose me, I didn't choose it, but it's so interesting that, you know, what I do for, for work or for my career is so much talking when I've always been someone who did not enjoy talking. (laughs) Um, and it's hard because the, the energy of Scorpio is around essentially cutting through the BS. It's getting to the core, it's getting to the matter of it. And that's my North node. That's your North node too. And it's very hard for me because I have this energy of Scorpio, which is deep, which is intense, which is about what really matters in this life, cutting through kind of like the superficial or anything of that nature and doing that within communication. And that's what's been so challenging because when I do readings, there's a tendency and a part of me particularly early in my career where I'm like, let me just focus on the good stuff, the good stuff, other than the transits, let me focus on the good stuff. But I've found the more that I sort of sharpen around being able to hold my space, even if it's not necessarily a lovely transit that I like to talk about, it's like I would be doing myself as a disservice if I didn't, you know, warn them as an intense word, but didn't prepare them for the Saturn transit or tell them about Mercury square Pluto and how that might manifest within their world. Like, I've really had to push through that tension around, like, knowing it's going to be uncomfortable because it's not comfortable to tell people something that is more intense or more deep or whatever it is, but it needs to be said <laughs> essentially. <laughs> um, and it, and it's been hard and sorry, I keep referencing that book, but there was a part to astrology of, of the soul by Jen Fuller where she was talking about the North node Scorpio journey and talking about how, you know, because it is a life journey around cutting to the core of matters. Um, you really don't necessarily like with South node tours, there can be a tendency to choose a safe route, the stable route, anything of that nature. But with North node Scorpio, we're here to kind of cut through. And a lot of times people won't be as offended as you think that they might be. And that's been my experiences that people come to get an astrology reading to know the truth. Right. So it's like, I can't keep things surface level. and just like, oh, you're doing great. It's all going to be good. Because then that wouldn't be true to my form. And maybe that comes up within your podcast too, around like we could keep things at this level or I don't have to maintain this boundary and it's all good. But it's like doing your craft a disservice. It's doing, you know, my clients a disservice. So it's been hard. And I've really had to refine my voice in so many ways around, A, being able to get to the hard stuff and tell someone something, you know, forthright um B <laughs> another thing is just around my speed <laughs> of talking I constantly have to tell myself slow down slow down slow down because a lot of times when I'm like downloading or channeling like it just goes really fast so I constantly have to like be in my head around okay just slow down and then C also pronunciation because I was like a kid I didn't really talk that much I just read I know a lot of words but I don't always know how they are pronounced um, mm-hmm. I also have working with my birth chart. So it's also been interesting. It's like, it's, it's not, it doesn't come easily to me, but I do find I don't, every time I am able to be honest and engage in any sort of conversation, truly, I learn something bringing back to our initial point. Like I do learn from that. I learn, you know, how it is that I can deliver that message more effectively, or I learn where it is that people lose me when I'm going on a rant or anything of that nature. So, um, It's an interesting lesson but i do feel like i'm pushing through that tension to the service of astrology as well as to the service of the clients that i see
0: for sure and as an interesting counter reflection uh Mm -hmm. you know i i've always been on the opposite side with communication where i'll be just brute force honest and and so it's very interesting to kind of hear, you know, from another person, even that it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard for me to be honest. And I think it goes back to that whole thing of like us being on our own journeys and understanding like we've got a different kind of assignment on this. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure where I was trying to go with that. But it's, it's, it's certainly fascinating. And it's funny, you even say that, because I have noticed at a couple points where you have spoken like pretty fast, like during this, but, and it's weird, because part of me thinks it's just like, oh, she just knows what she's talking about with regards to these, Uh, astrology things. And the other part is like, well, if someone, someone can go back and re-listen to it, if it was too fast or they could slow it down. So um, Mm -hmm. I found that kind of as an interesting thing that you brought up as well.
1: And it's, it's interesting because with my speed of my voice it is something i'm conscious of and it's like i do it in youtube videos like i it's just how i communicate because i love i love this and it lights me up when i talk about it and sometimes things are coming in it's it's almost like to the point around for some reason my soul wanted to learn about communication it's like astrology is so big and so varied and there is so much information that it's almost like i'm in a rush with myself around i've got to get this all out of my system Um, but my mentor actually told me something that was really valuable to my journey um he basically told me he was like haley if you keep doing this like you keep dumping all of this information on people and like saying it's like we don't always know what to do like our brain can't necessarily file at all if we have all this information like you can have all this information but not know what to do with it so i feel like a lot of my journey is around learning how to deliver information in a way and it also stresses people out like some people say on my youtube videos they're like i literally have to put the speed down to 0.5 because you're talking so fast." (laughs) (laughs) so i am definitely working on it because i also feel like it can be something that helps also retention or like people like absorb it or be able to do you know, do something with it, um, rather than just me being like, Bleh. like it used to be when I first started, you know, I would have hour long consultations and it was just like Astro vomit. <laughs> I would just be like, like nonstop, not even breathing anything of the nature. But now I'm kind of leaning in around kind of dialing in more towards conversation or things of that nature, um, to kind of just really refine, delivery because sometimes we don't need to know everything we need to know a couple of points really deeply and really strong so i'm trying to refine and grow but it's a constant it's a constant practice yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: i mean you're certainly not alone on that and even in like the uh, content creation realm of things you know how do you you know it's it's interesting and i'm sure you've already maybe you've already figured this out it's like You know, you can know everything in the entire world, but if you're unable to articulate it to other people, then it's as good as useless because it's, you're not able to even articulate new ideas to people. And, you know, it's a, it's honestly even a blessing and a curse maybe about this podcast is that like, I sometimes get into something and I just kind of start rambling about an idea. And even as we had earlier in this, where you're kind of like, well, I kind of want to, you know, you push back a little bit and I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. And then I need to like, kind of refine what it is that I'm trying to say. And so it, you know, there is that ability to be an effective communicator that's so important. And I mean, even myself where my true node isn't about, you know, communication, that's still something that I'm even like, okay, how do I become a better communicator for my podcast, for my content to get to just help people to get these ideas out there that actually make sense to people who don't either haven't considered them or even don't believe in them in the first place.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, also one of the best bits of feedback I've ever received and like feedback is so important even if it's not positive like it's so helpful in allowing you to be the best communicator and and individual you can be but the best piece of feedback I ever got was when someone told me they were like you truly are a teacher in that a lot of times when they would go to astrology courses because it is so varied it's it's a very it's a very intense system. There's a lot of information to know. And like what she found, I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but it was just something that I was like, wow, that's really good to know, is that she was basically saying, you can know all the stuff, you can know all about astrology, but it's about being able to transmit it in a way where it makes sense or illuminate it in a way that it makes sense to other people. It's like, you can be the most intelligent person, you can know all of these pieces, but if you are not able to articulate it or at least make it accessible to people where they can understand and kind of build it, because a lot of times, with astrology it can feel very inaccessible because there are so many words that it's so it can feel very complicated because there's a lot to know and i think it's really important and a lot of times when we are trying to come off this might be like the ego thing but if we're trying to come off as very very intelligent or this and that we can actually kind of alienate people because it's not necessarily accessible so even like within my readings and whatnot um you know someone might have their venus in detriment, in house joy, like all of these things, but I try to more so articulate it into how that could come to the surface within (laughs) their world. And yeah, constant, constant practice within content creation. It's
0: funny. It's funny you say that too, because just in my last podcast, I was going down this new idea and I got to a certain point where I was like, I feel like i'm just trying to be smart <laughs> I'm like i don't think this makes any sense like i feel like i'm just trying to be smart so let's let's change the subject
1: <laughs> and and that's such a difference and i think a lot of you know a lot of times we can get caught up in that in a myriad of ways beyond even just content around like how is this being perceived or how can i look to be and it's like i think the a big part of content is just staying focused on for you you know listeners because for YouTube, that would be watchers, whatever, but staying focused on those individuals and what it is that would benefit and aid their learning. And particularly when it comes to like your podcast or when people just get into like astrology or anything of that nature, it's like, it's, it's important to have, you know, like a voice or something that you feel like you can be guided through because especially like when it comes to like your podcast, that people are kind of dipping their toe into the spirituality lane. I feel like your podcast does cover such a varied amount of topics within it that it makes, you know, more accessible to dive into. But sometimes when you're first kind of dabbling, whether it's I'm dabbling with astrology or dabbling with spirituality and it goes, it's really higher level. It's like, Oh, I can't even, (laughs) I kind of can't even understand this. So I think maintaining a beginner's mind and a growth mindset is essential in every realm of life, and also tuning into the beginner's mind. Um, also, around okay, how would this be perceived by someone who is just kind of merging into this? How can I transmit this knowledge in a way that makes sense? Is important.
0: It's so important because I know that there was. Uh, I forget if it was like a TikTok or I released a podcast, and I did a really poor job of articulating an idea that I was trying to go through, and. Um, people commented like on my TikToks, like, you know, kind of like along the lines of, like how you could say this, da-da-da-da-da. And I kind of fell into the trap of arguing with them of like, this isn't what I was saying. Like you're you're projecting onto me something that I don't even believe in to begin with. And it was such a fascinating experience because it goes to exactly what you're saying, is it's like there's a level of it doesn't matter what you're saying or what you believe, all that matters is what the other person hears and so if i'm not articulating what i actually truly mean and they're hearing something that's completely different then you know how great is that knowledge in the first place
1: yes that is such a good point and i feel like oftentimes particularly on tiktok definitely sometimes like when there's just bits and just clips there's also sometimes it's not like the full nuance of the matter and it's it's helpful to have that that Feedback at times around. Oh my gosh! Okay, maybe my delivery wasn't there. But also sometimes the conclusions that people get to, you're like, oh my gosh, where did my intention go so wrong here? Like that was not what I meant to, you know, portray at all. And sometimes there's learning experience, and sometimes it's like I don't know where it's come from. That was just a clip. I don't know how you're making all of these assumptions about my world. <laughs> but it's it's interesting to kind of get that live feedback loop around your delivery and be conscious of it as well um and just other elements of yourself that you wouldn't even that's why being on the internet is so fascinating sometimes it's just because you don't even consider these elements of yourself until someone kind of says it or mentions it and you're like oh my gosh is this what everyone and i don't know if you've experienced but in tiktok comments sometimes i'm like do you know that i can read these like (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I can, I can read this. Like it's not, I'm not actually, I'm actually a real human being. Uh, yeah. But you, at first, it I've definitely it. has helped me. Yeah. Yeah. It's helped me yeah. build a tougher skin um, for sure. But at first I was like, Oh my gosh, because people, you know, just having that feedback loop in regards to just like really random elements of my appearance or of my delivery or like, or things of that nature that I hadn't considered. And like some of it obviously is constructive and then some of the things are like, Oh my gosh what I'm I'm reading this so it's it's definitely interesting and if you want to build a tougher skin creating content online is a great. <laughs> way to Going do that honestly. the way
0: to do it? <laughs> yeah, oh
1: my god. Yeah. It's
0: not for the fan of heart. No it's totally. like there was even it was so funny cuz I even called this out in one of my TikToks where Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's basically, Mm -hmm. okay, you're aware. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, for those who don't know, uh, he does like a media organization. He's all about positivity, kindness, and all this stuff. And he released a TikTok that was along the lines of, um, You know, he's like, Oh, if I go to a Jets game and I start eating popcorn, I'm in the stands and on the third place someone on the Jets messes up, I'm gonna yell, like, Oh, fuck this guy, like he fucking sucks, like get him off the field. He's like, What I'm saying doesn't really matter at all. And his whole point is to like view comment commenters in that light. And it's so (laughs) funny because I actually stitched this video and I was like, Yo, if anyone's like a content creator, like this is great advice, like, you know, you've Go no further than look at like my last five TikToks. Dive into the comments. People are fucking ruthless. Like, so if you're going to go down this route, like just know that this is a thing. And I think two of the comments were like pretty brutal. Like one of them was along the lines of like, oh, looks like someone getting triggered about like some shit. And it's just like, it's wild that like people even jump on that in order to try to like cut you down. It's, it's really a fascinating, it's a really fascinating thing. I don't even know how to conceptualize it.
1: And I find, because I don't really feel that energy on any other, I I do feel like there is an element of, um, I don't know what the word would be, but animosity, I don't know. But on on TikTok, I feel like there really is a ruthlessness. I I personally don't perceive on other platforms, or at least I don't, I don't get it on other platforms. But on TikTok, it's like, yeah, there there definitely is a vibe around wanting to challenge, come And like, what's been interesting, like within that is, yeah, people will you know find something that they can spotlight or mention. Um, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. And also <laughs> TikTok makes me nervous because you never really know. I don't know. If, this might just be myself, but I never know what's going to go viral. I have no clue. I just post stuff and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what works. I don't know. And it's like the most random ones of like, my TikToks go viral. And, you know, like now, every time it happens, you know you would think it would be something that would be like exciting and like maybe i guess it is i guess it's a point of content so you want it to be viewed but now it kind of makes my heart sink because i'm like oh my gosh what are they gonna say because there's always something there's something i said wrong or there's something in the background that's we- like there's always something when it opens up to that level and then also just when you get outside your niche that's always when my heart sinks because i'm like oh gosh here mm-hmm. they come because like oh, when yeah. i create content for people who love astrology obviously it's like there's there's vibe where they want maybe they don't agree with every element of what it is that i share but they there is a level of resonance but then it gets extended to individuals who aren't into astrology and they're like you're so dumb you really believe the sky blah 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 blah. i'm like oh my goodness i just cannot imagine just being on my phone just like ready to like you believe in this but whatever i mean i'm not casting judgment but it's just really interesting well
0: Yeah. And where, where I kind of take it too is like, I've always dove into the comments to like, listen to feedback. Like, like, like you're saying, because there's utility in this. Like, if I'm missing Mm -hmm. the mark on something, like I would love to know so that I can sharpen my opinion. This is where that growth Mm -hmm. mindset comes in. And totally. where that gets difficult is if people are just being absolutely rude. Cause then now I have a propensity and I actually mentioned this in that video where I'm like, guys, like I loved talking to you guys. And I would be the guy who would go through like all my hundreds of comments and like try to reply to everybody. But it just hit a point where it's like, you'll get a hundred where people are like, this is amazing. So insightful. Thank you. And then you get two that are like, you're an idiot. And you just listen to those two. <laughs> yeah, And it gets it gets to that point. It got to that point with me where I'm like, guys, if I'm not replying to as many comments, like this is why I apologize. And like the, where that becomes, where that becomes an issue in my opinion is like me not being able to get valid feedback of like, Hey, like this is a little bit wrong or this is a little bit right. And even on things that I'm like, just dabbling into the idea of people will tell me that I'm an idiot and how I'm wrong. I am. But not provide any sustenance like it's like Mm -hmm. you're just so wrong and it's like well well, give me something to look at to update my opinion and yet you know it comes to this place of just being very hostile and negative
1: truly that's why it's like feedback is so huge and it's like it's so important to be able to, as a content creator, and honestly, as a human, <laughs> outside of even content, to be able sure. to integrate where it is that you could be showing up better or being more effective. Like that is so important. And it's important not to love people who do have a genuine thought or something to add with individuals who just do want a response or reaction or yeah, you're done just closing off the conversation without being like, okay, well, why am I dumb? (laughs) Where, what, what, where is this coming from? Um, And so like truly when someone gives you any bit of constructive criticism, like it truly is a gift. It might wound the ego a little bit, but it's like, I believe when someone gives you genuine feedback, it's like, I believe in your potential and like what it is that you are sharing enough that I'm taking time out of my day to share a way that you could be growing and as i highlighted like i have a huge issue with the pronunciation so a lot of people will comment and be like you mispronounce this you mispronounce this and i love that because i'm like okay and then i practice the pronunciation on this sports and it makes me better and and yes and i've just noticed a lot of people particularly on tiktok like a lot of creators are like moving off the platform and i think it's like when you you know cuz i have a very small audience on tiktok but i and it's like major major creators if i experience it at the like level that i'm at i can't imagine if you have this huge audience, how draining that would be. And a lot of people are leaving the platform. Um, I don't know if it's because of that or just, I just feel like it takes a mental toll on you um, consistently needing to have, you know, that feedback loop about, you know, maybe like beyond just even the helpful pieces around, you know, just different elements of yourself or, or all of those things. So it's just, it's very, I'll definitely
0: send you, (laughs) I'll send you a couple of my videos. You can see how nasty people get.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh my, that's Uh what I was saying. Like when it comes to things, cause I don't know, again, I'm not super dialed in the platform. So I never know when something is going to get, you know, like widespread or like more like viral of sorts. And the ones that have are always the ones that I'm like, why that? why that? One? like that wasn't even a really good one and then people like kind of come up to, like um yeah it, ugh, gosh it's such well, an interesting and then,
0: and then the worst is whatever you put so much effort into a piece and you're like dude this is it this is the one and it flops so you're like what the exactly, fuck exactly like... Yeah. <laughs> but but this also goes back to your earlier point, right? Is that you got to be creating something that you love. And the reason you're creating it is because you believe that it needs to be in existence. And it's not about if it gets, you know, a million views or if it gets a hundred views. You know, it's it's something that you believe that needed to be in existence. And whether it gets a hundred or a hundred million views, it, it was, you created it because it needed to exist. And I think that if you can get to that place in your mind, I think that's a beautiful place to be as a creator to actually... To actually live from, as opposed to like worrying about the next view count or the, because now you're setting your physical attachment to an actual um, barrier of metric of like, well, this only got a thousand, so maybe I'll move away from it. And now you're distorting who you are and showing up in this world just to feed an algorithm that's ever changing as well. And so you're always gonna be playing this catch up to it. And not to mention the fact, where was I gonna go with that? Something else was in there. Oh, the other element of what we're talking about with the comments. And I think this is a personal thing that I've noticed is that if I'm attaching to like the, wow, this is so smart comments, then I'm going to be attaching to the negative comments as well because I'm giving the idea of comments weight. So where it becomes the trouble is that I kind of have to need to divorce myself from looking at the comments in general, which I hate to do because I love interacting with people. But, you know, if it's a if it's a roll of the dice, if my, you know, personal mental well-being is on the line, then, you know, I'm not really willing to play that Russian roulette.
1: A hundred percent. And it's like, don't believe your biggest hype man or like your worst critic. <laughs> yeah. And because it's like, we, we can't get attached. Like, comments, like, oh, you're so great. And all this. Cause it's like, if you put weight on most things, it, and ends as you highlighted, metrics are always going up and down. The algorithm's always going up and down. There are some times where it's like, oh my gosh, my, you know, YouTube's going great. Oh my gosh, this is all great. But if you allow your emotional landscape to be attached to it. You'll constantly be an up and down. And I've kind of had to put limits on myself because I used to like wake up, check my analytics. Oh, great. Things are going great. I'm having a good Mm. day. Wake up, check my analytics. Oh, I'm having a bad day. Now I only check my analytics on Fridays because it is helpful, honestly, as a content creator to like look at analytics just to see how things are going. But now I've limited it because I'm like, I'm not allowing my day and my work to be decided for me by these algorithms like it's just not healthy for the well-being and it's also just really important because it's like also when people give me praise it makes it kind of makes me feel weird sometimes just because you know I studied a craft I didn't invent astrology no I studied this um for now a decade which is crazy but I've studied this and I've practiced this so when people compliment me I'm like but you're really that praise should really be towards you know, the study itself. Right. So it also makes me feel mm. weird sometimes just because I'm like, I didn't really do anything. I just studied this things and I'm delivering this message, but it really doesn't have that much, I guess, to do with me. So, which is probably a good thing that I've gotten to that place. So I don't get too attached to it. But, um, yeah, I just feel like that level of sort of taking a step back from it is really important. And to your point on the kind of you know, creating what it is that you want to create and not being too worried necessarily about the metrics of it. So I have a weekly horoscope series. It's called Magic Monday. It comes out every single Monday. I have not missed a Monday since I started. There is Brilliant. something really to be said. Thank you. Um. So yeah, three years. And the first year, I mean, it took a prior form. I really had this knowledge around, I wanted to create this thing. I wanted to start the week. I wanted to, I don't know why, it just wanted to do. It. I was like, that would be so cool to like be able to start people's week chatting with them about astrology, drinking coffee. I had this vision like in mind and I would show up and create it. And I'm telling you, it was, it was way crickets. I mean, cause I started, I started the first round, I think was 2018 was when I first started to do it. And, um, yeah, crickets. I would get excited if I got like one like eight views, but I still did it because I still really liked it. And it's not necessarily, like, I'm not saying I'm this big deal or anything on nature, but at least people are watching it now, (laughs) which is great. And I think if I didn't want to make it, I wouldn't have shown up. And I feel like being consistent, there really is something to that um both like obviously like the algorithm likes consistency but also just as developing as a soul and showing up and like being consistent about wanting this to be in existence and not necessarily being swayed like i would be so excited if i got a like i was like oh my gosh someone liked it you know so um even in moments when I'm like, Oh, this video didn't do that. Well, I'm like, girl, you were doing this for free. You didn't even qualify for AdSense or anything of that nature. And you're still showing up every Monday. Like, at least people are watching. I don't know. I just think it's important to stay consistent and to make what it is that you want to make in this world. (laughs)
0: No, and there's, there's definitely a weird psychology there with, uh, like, I, I haven't really given YouTube a big priority in my, um, platform thing right now, but, an element of that is that like for the longest time I might get like, I used to get like one new follower per month and then it was like one new follower a week. And then over the last probably couple of weeks, I would get like three or four followers uh, each day. And I'm kind of like in this mental thing of like, why is it not 10? Why is it not 10 per day? And it's like, it's exactly what you're saying. It's such a weird conundrum where it's like, dude, if like one person enjoys what I'm saying, like that's freaking dope, but it's so fascinating to your point of like, why am i already not 10 steps ahead of where i want to be and it's like dude like look at where you were yesterday look at where you were a year ago yeah. like like mm-hmm. you've made incredible progress yet for some reason we just can't be satisfied with it is that an 100%. astrology thing is that an astrology thing or is that <laughs> just a human human deal
1: I think it's, yeah, I think it's a human thing. Sometimes when I see, you know, that within a bird chart, sometimes the, the name that I give it is I call it like more where I'm like, there, there always is this more as soon as you get to one thing. It's like, well, what's the next, what's the next. Mm. Um, and I think, and it's important because it's like that becomes your new normal. And then you, you constantly want to like up level. Cause as humans, like if we came here to, you know, grow and evolve, we are wanting that. But I just, I just think that, you know, enjoying the particular, you know, stage in the journey is really important because there have been certain times just when I look back at the past and I'm like, oh, my gosh why did I not enjoy that particular moment in time? I was so busy trying to get to the next step. And there's parts of that period of my life that I so wish I would have just absorbed, like the freedom that I felt there or or however it was. But I was so busy trying to get to the next, you know, place. And there are certain, to your point, like there are certain like transits that can make us really, really crave this like restless feeling of growth or anything of that nature. But it's just really important to be like, okay, I'm in this lesson in life school. Let me be here fully. (laughs) And it's also like, you know, when it comes to social media or any sort of like, if you've heard the term like quantum leaping, it's not necessarily my realm, my zone of genius, so to speak. But um, a lot of times when we jump like instant success, overnight success or anything of that nature, it's like your vibration hasn't even fully adapted to that, if that makes sense. Like, so a lot of times when they, when people like, you know, win the lottery or something of that nature, or it's like they go overnight viral sensation. And then like a year later, you know, no one knows who they are. Like, I love the process and how I've reoriented it because I am very Saturnian within my birth chart. Saturn is time and longevity and all those things. How I've reoriented it is, I'm like, okay, every time I like climb up, I'm getting acclimated to this new energy, mm. whether it's like the number of people in the audience or or whatever it is. I'm getting used to this. I'm getting dialed in, in this. I'm adjusting to it. I'm in life school where I'm learning how to handle. You know negative comments or learning how to handle this particular realm and i'm preparing for the next and it's like a lot of times because it's like if we get there immediately we don't know what to do we haven't adjusted or we haven't earned that vibration so to speak um oh. or being at that level which is why you'll see like you know a lot of people it's like if you get something really easily you don't know how to maintain it whereas if it's kind of a slow and steady build that's actually a gift <laughs> in that you're you're earning that it's almost like If you take a helicopter to the top of the mountain, you haven't even adjusted to the elevation, right? Whereas if you climb, you sort of get adjusted to the elevation and then you will have an easier time breathing at the top. So I think it's a gift to grow slowly and steadily also.
0: (laughs) There's There's a lot of truth to that. And what's coming up for me is my own TikTok experience. But it's interesting too, because it's kind of at some level, majority of the platforms I'm on has been that steady growth. With TikTok though, the one video I released that ended up getting like 2 million views was a, yeah, was a video though that was like the beginning of a series and I was trying something new, just going out on the limb and it got 2 million views. And in the span of two weeks, I went from like, I don't know, I probably only a couple hundred followers to like 180,000 followers, 150,000.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. what a jump oh my god! it was insane
0: it was absolutely insane i was taking screenshots just to like document it and shit like i was breaking the analytics on twitter on tiktok because it wasn't even able to track how many people i was like getting in a in a day it was it was insane and it to your point though you combine this with that negative nature and i kind of became obsessed with just checking up on these numbers for like the two three week period of like holy shit, like, when is this going to stop? I remember whenever it hit 100,000 people saw that video it was like 100,000 views. And I might be was at like yeah. 7000 followers. I was like, this is insane. Like, to your point, I started making like numerical like representations in my head. And one of the biggest football stadiums is like 100,000 people. And it's like, yeah, I said something that 100,000 people saw, like, wow. and that was just the tip of the iceberg it's now yeah. at a point where it's like 20 of those football stadiums have people have. and to me it's like this mindset of just absolutely breaking that it got me to this point where i'm like i don't like i didn't <laughs> i have an entire you have to check out my instagram i have like uh an entire series like in my highlight reel of like the evolution of it and oh wow yeah it was like just me documenting that mm-hmm. entire virality thing and it's so it was just it was it's impossible to put into words and a huge thing that I got subjected to because of what you're saying is a part of it was this new area of learning that I fully hadn't dove into. And a portion of it going so viral was I was putting stuff in there that weren't maybe entirely true. And a consequence of that was people who would be regarded as knowing more decided to jump on it and say, this is why this kid's wrong. Like he's so wrong about all this, like, and then just Mm -hmm. pick little pieces out and like, this is wrong. This is wrong. And so there's something to be said about getting hit with that much let's call it negativity let's call it you know negative energy that is very transforming and uh, i don't know i'm i'm very blessed that i was able to get out of that without becoming suffocated by it because i could very easily see how that would be suffocating to people
1: absolutely oh my gosh and it's like with that app in particular like there is such a ability to be able to jump and it's and it's amazing that you've been able to sort of like sustain that sometimes it can be such an adjustment that it's almost just like oh my gosh yeah because you open yourself up to new eyeballs new criticism new landscape all of this new right and sometimes it can sort of be um like a bit overwhelming in a sense um but it also you know obviously it's like such a major blessing and it's like if you've ever heard the term like um it takes 10 years to make the overnight success it's like you mm-hmm. had that after you were kind of putting in the slow and consistent work right and then you had that kind of like jump up which yes might have happened overnight but it's like the you know the the voice that you've been cultivating and the studies that you've been doing and the interviews that you've been doing you had been you know working Really hard towards but it's easy to see that though and other people to be like oh my gosh that's you know i want that or whatever but it's like we're all on our own journey you never know what really goes into something you only see kind of the fruits of someone's labor when they're kind of at the top or sitting at however many followers (laughs) well
0: i mean to your point even like and that was something i kind of was like putting together in my mind at the time that i really haven't thought about since is you know, the ability for me to test out new ideas or come across this new idea to actually put that into place. Like, like you said, it it takes like a whole bunch of things in order to come together to make that occur. And the other thing that was coming to mind is like, had I experienced that a year earlier, like, see, that was the very first TikTok I released. It would have probably crushed me. Like, I probably wouldn't still be going today. Like, I probably would have deleted the app. I would have probably just been like, nope, like, I am not diving into this. Like, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is over my head. Mm
1: Mhm. And it's also like there's timing for stuff also. Like in terms of just, you know, divine timing, astrological timing, all of these things. It's like also sometimes when we want something and we're like, "Oh, I want this now," or whatever. Like the universe is like, "Are you ready for it now?" It's like sometimes things just have to like come into play for us. I've to be prepared enough to handle that new kind of lesson in life school or you know for the cosmos to impact us and how it's it's meant to be so um you know just being present for the gifts of this particular moment and trusting you know in the in the timing and in the cycles of when things come into fruition and the the valuable parts of the experience
0: (laughs) all about it so get it but getting back to some of the astrology stuff and this is kind of popping out of my head is like you know it seems like we put we subconsciously put a lot of effort into our sun sign, right? Because we celebrate our birthday, which is where the sun's position was in the sky whenever we were born. Uh, mm-hmm. But something tells me that that's only a small piece of the puzzle, right? Like, I mean, we put so much emphasis on it, but if we have, what do I see here? One for every planet, the true node, and what did you say was Chiron? Chiron? Chiron?
1: Chiron, yeah. Mm-hmm, Chiron. Mm-hmm.
0: So what, mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11? So there's 11 other things that actually influence what makes us us. Is there, is there any of them that are like, quote unquote, more valuable? Or is it almost like a one split across all of them? Or one-11? So
1: there are some that kind of carry more weight. So firstly, within traditional realms of thought, Ascendant was the most important piece because ascendant is the angle and it's not a planet. It's an angle. It's literally the portion mm. of the sky that was rising in the east at the moment that we were born. And it's essentially because it's how we met the earth or how we met existence. It's essentially how it is that we view the world, how it is that the world views us. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, as astrology got more and more kind of like westernized and kind of made its way to more individualistic societies the sun sign got really glorified one reason being as you highlighted birthdays and newspapers the sun sign began to become more glorified because newspapers you know had horoscopes so they would try to like sell more because people always know their birthday ascending you need an exact time of birth because it changes a degree every four minutes. So, you know, if someone doesn't know their time of birth, you're alienating an entire audience who would otherwise, you know, buy your newspaper and read the, the horoscope. So sun sign began to be glorified, A, to sell horoscopes to newspapers, but B, because these were societies that deeply valued solar-like themes. Sun is ego. It's identity. It's how it is that we kind of share our light with others. So it makes sense that in more individualistic societies, like the sun sign was also glorified for those reasons because it is places where it's like, you know, our identity is very, very important. Like, eco is very, very important. That was sort of what was brought to the surface. Now, in terms of giving weight to the other placements, you'll want to look at your ascendant sign and find the ruler of that sign. So, do you see your ascendant on your chart? It would be uh, AC, and it's also it's underneath Chiron. It'll say AC, and then it'll have three letters.
0: My AC is actually above Chiron on the chart. Is that normal? It's
1: oh, on the left hand side.
0: Yeah, my uh, AC
1: Yeah,
0: AC is on on the left, and then Chiron. uh, Yeah, uh. Hmm. So with this, though, it looks like AC is on the very outer rim of the circle.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So that was the portion of the sky that was rising in the east. I meant more so below Chiron in terms of like the table to the left hand side, how there's like a table of all of the different words um, and symbols.
0: Oh, gotcha. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm a Leo. Okay, Leo yeah, said it. Up.
1: So you are more sensitive to the sun sign because Leo rules the sun. So for anyone, find your ascendant and find the planetary ruler of that sign. And if you pay attention, because I know astrology can be overwhelming, but if you pay attention to anything that's moving, that's changing, that's shifting within the cosmos, pay attention to what your planetary ruler is doing. So for you, paying attention to when sun changes signs. So, you know, like when it, you know, ingresses into Sagittarius would be next or, um, and let's say you are cancer rising, looking at the moon. Like, that's a more personal kind of marker of how it is that you're feeling because it's essentially your ruling planet is what you can call it. But in terms of giving weight to the planets, like, the inner planets are a more accurate kind of snapshot of where everything was. Because when I say... You know, I'm a Uranus Capricorn. Anyone born within eight years of me will also be a Uranus Capricorn. It's not the most deeply personal. Whereas like our sun sign, our moon sign, our Mercury sign, our Venus sign, our Mars sign is really a picture of that month, that day, that year, and not so much generational. Um, it is all personal when we get into houses. But I would say if you're going to give weight to planets, look towards the personal planets. So Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, ascendant is really important and particularly putting weight on your planetary ruler. So That's the the planet that rules the sign of your ascendant, also known as rising sign in some chart calculators.
0: Well, let's 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 break that down a little bit. That was a little. That last part was a little bit a lot uh yeah down can you say that last sentence again
1: yes so find your ascendant it's also called your rising sign and that's what i was saying like when you look at a circle chart you'll see it by ac or on astro.com it'll be in the table by ac the first three letters will be listed there that's your rising sign. And you'll want to find the planet that rules that sign. So I'll just go through them really quickly. So Aries and Mars, or rather, Aries and Scorpio are ruled by Mars. So if that's your rising sign, you're more sensitive to what Mars is doing, so paying attention. Mars is retrograde right now at the time that this podcast is out. So paying attention to when Mars is retrograde. Um, if you are a Taurus or a Libra rising, paying attention to what Venus is doing. If you are a Gemini or a Virgo ascendant, paying attention to what Mercury is doing. If you are a Cancer ascendant, paying attention to the moon. If you're a Leo ascendant, like Clayton, paying attention to the sun. If you are a let's see, Sagittarius or Pisces ascendant, paying attention to Jupiter. And if you are a Capricorn or Aquarius ascendant, paying attention to Saturn, that is your ruling planet of your chart. So you're more sensitive to it. If you're gonna look at any planet within your chart, look at that that planet, look at what house it's in, look at the aspects it's making, the whole chart might be overwhelming. And, and to your point earlier, it's like every single part to our chart represents a different kind of component to our personality. So like sun is how it is that we identify, how it is that we share a glow. Moon is more so how it is that we handle our emotions, what it is that we need for nurturing. Our Mercury is how it is that we communicate. Venus is what it is that we value. And our love language, Mars, is how it is that we take action. These are all valid and important parts to understand your chart. But if you are someone who's overwhelmed, just breaking it down to finding your ruling planet and diving really deep into what that planet is doing to find more relevance within your chart.
0: Interesting. Yeah, because I feel like this is something that gets really really confusing because you know i feel like all the terminology we have here right are zodiac signs and then you mix that with a planet and then you mix that with a ruling house and then there's also even like these degrees that are associated with them all so it's Mm -hmm. almost like you know it's it's it can be overwhelming for sure to even just look at this thing let alone you know this this element of you have the house you know then that's coupled with a planet then that's coupled with a a house coupled with a planet coupled with a Zodiac sign. And then there's degrees within that Zodiac sign or within that planet that identify like this alignment or this identification of who you are, I guess.
1: Yeah. So the way I like to conceptualize it is if you watch movies, I like to think of it as a movie. Okay. So think of the planet as actors or actresses. So let's say, you know, I have mercury within my chart, you have mercury within your chart. Fundamentally mercury is the same actor, no matter what mercury is the planet of communication, thought processes, but in our charts, it plays different roles. So you can think of the planet as the actor and the sign as the role. It's how they are expressing themselves. Fundamentally it's the same. So like I'm trying to think of a uh, Florence Pugh we'll say, Florence Pugh is an actress. So it's like whether she's in Midsommar or she's in a different movie, fundamentally, she's the same person. She's just playing different roles. So when we look at Mercury, no matter what, Mercury is going to be Mercury. It's playing of communication. But in my chart, Mercury is playing the role of Aquarius. So my communication might be a little bit more Aquarius-like, so a little bit more bizarre, a little bit more out there. Whereas in someone else's chart, their Mercury might be playing the role of whatever sign it's in. So let's say Mercury is in Aries. Their Mercury, how it is that to communicate, might be playing the role around being a little bit more impulsive or kind of just speaking very authentically. And then the deeper house is the where. So it's the scenery of where the movie is shot. So it's a certain life arena that that energy would really come to the surface. So let's say I have Mercury, fundamentally the same, but it's playing the role of Aquarius in my chart. And it's located within my sixth house, which sixth house has to do, it's essentially life arenas, it's those pieces of pizza. Sixth house has to do with day-to-day, it has to do with health, it has to do with routine. So within my chart, what it is that I you know, communicate about in an Aquarius-like way might really have to do with sixth house themes, as well as using mercurial energy within my everyday That's a whole other conversation. But let's say in someone else's chart, they have their Mercury, I think I said Aries, in the second house. So they might have a really great intelligence when it comes to second house matters, which is money and resources. Um, And then it goes deeper in that, if you see the lines on your chart, like if you see like the blue and red lines, that's basically how planets are interacting with other planets, modifying them. Because it's like you, you know, when you interview different people, different stuff might come out or it's like when you're hanging out with your grandma versus hanging out with your girlfriend like different different you're going to speak differently or act a little bit differently in different situations so the aspects you can think of it in my movie analogy you can think of that as the script it's basically like what planets are talking to one another and blue lines within your chart is means they're getting along within a movie they are allies they are helping one another red is they are enemies and everyone will have both um and as i have it towards the beginning of this when i was talking about squares and oppositions and more harsh aspects it's like those are drivers for growth so they are supportive in that way but fundamentally those are parts of our personality that aren't getting along as well um so that's just an analogy i kind of give to my students to help conceptualize because i know it can feel like a lot of information and it goes deeper like you said with degree theory there's you know there's relevance given to you know what degree things are at which just for anyone listening it's just basically like a gps coordinate it's just saying where in the sky it was located you don't have to read deeply into it until you're ready within your journey to get to that level (laughs) but the the main pieces are planets as actors signs as roles houses as scenery the locale that shot and aspects as sort of the dialogue the script of the movie of astrology (laughs) the movie of our lives
0: that's very interesting that's a great first of all it's a great analogy to kind of bring it all together so that's a good Mm -hmm. it's a good way to look at it because i've i keep getting so lost in like it's it's like oh well like the moon does this but then it's in this house so like how are these not contradicting each other and then you know it gets kind of like weird Mm -hmm. and it's like but then the sky looks like this and it it really feels like this is a lot of moving pieces within it um Mm -hmm. it's interesting and yeah i've always seen the lines but i'm at the point where i'm just like fuck it those aren't for me
1: (laughs) yeah and that's what i say that's what i say to my students i'm like just just you don't need to like just a story i often tell is like i was at a astrology conference it's called like united astrology conference it was in chicago and i met someone who was having her uranus return which happens when you're 84 years old and she had been studying astrology since she was 19. so i was like oh my gosh you must know everything and she was like honey, I'm just getting started. I'm just cracking the surface. (laughs) I was like, what? Like astrology is so varied and so vast, And it's like, you know, within my course, self-care astrology, it's eight weeks. And, you know, within that course, we dive into so much that afterwards, sometimes people, you know, come to me like within feedback or whatever, they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I I know all this information, but like, I'm having a hard time and like adding on degree theory, you know, things I'm like, don't rush it just take the pieces refine the pieces and add on and it's like some astrologers use every single asteroid every single fixed sign i'm like the fundamental or fixed star rather the fundamental parts of astrology give us so much insight and it's also not rushing it like if you're only starting to understand signs now be in that be in that energy just allow yourself to be there you don't need to add on every single asteroid and every single aspect until you're ready so like um i feel like a lot of people where they 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 kind of understand planets they start to understand signs and houses is where they kind of get a little lost or confused i'm like just be in that house realm just learn about the houses dive really deep into it and the next you know level will present itself it's not it's such a deep varied study it's really not something that's to be rushed which is why like you know i still like even though it's my business my career and i read tons of charts every single week, I still carve out lots of time to study because there's always more to learn. And it's like, in terms of my coursework, so I was trained traditionally. So I was trained in traditional, you know, using traditional rulers, things of that nature. There's more modern concepts. Um, and I used to be like, mm, no, I don't want modern. I only want what it used to be like back in the day. But like, I, you know, within the last three years, I've kind of had a change of heart in that I'm kind of taking on them to kind of just see if they work. Like I haven't really integrated them too much within client work, but I am curious to see kind of different ways that people are integrating, you know, astrology or like adding on new things. And I just think it's like we were talking about at the beginning around resonance. Like there are certain, you know, newer theories that have come out only within the last 100 years. Keep in mind astrology is very time honored, so it goes back lots of times. And I used to be like, do not talk to me unless. We're talking source text, but but I think that's also an ego thing around feeling like traditional is better than modern. I'm like, I'm gonna hear them out. I'm gonna study the theories and see if they do resonate and if it would be something of value um, within you know my client work I put in my practice. So again, no pressure to know it all. Just pay attention to this particular step in the journey and being open to different things that could sort of influence your mindset.
0: There's a there's a crazy parallel that I'm kind of hearing within your story that I'm relating back to jujitsu which is I remember there was one time where, you know, first of all, you train 10 years to become a black belt in jujitsu and people who train that long, they're like, Oh, I'm just getting started. Like I just learned. That's a, like, I'm just getting started on my journey. And that, that feels like a huge parallel that you're even saying with what you're doing. But what I'm thinking of is there was a interaction I had with my professor one time where he taught a move in class and i you know, I don't remember the exact details and it would be hard to even articulate online, But he went through the moves and showed us it. And then like in live sparring after the fact, I like tried to do the move and I figured it out and then added on to it. And I felt my ego was juiced. I was like, I was like, professor, like, like, did you know, like, once you get to this point, like I just did this in this role that like, then you can do this thing. And he was like, oh yeah, like that's the next step. And then, and then he goes on like this 10 minute monologue of like how you're able to contort like the different ways around the body, how to move the arm and like just 500 different things that I haven't even seen. And I'm just, it was like probably one of the most humbling experiences that I've ever had where it's like. It's like shit. Like I felt so good because I figured out this next step, and yet here he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, cool, you unlocked that." Well, like this is how deep the rabbit hole goes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's like I think the best teachers are the best students, and the best guides are those who are open to you know learning. And like because I I think the most intelligent people are the people who are asking questions and look at the world as things to learn and the best jujitsu practitioners, the best astrologers are individuals who look for opportunities to learn. Because I think it's very egotistical to shut ourselves off and be like, well, I know everything. It's like, there's always something else that we can learn. And that's what's so fun about being alive um, and choosing to be human, choosing to incarnate is like looking at every opportunity through that lens to learn in every sort of situation. Like, I wouldn't want to go to, you know, a doctor who isn't continually learning. Like, I just feel like a lot of us can get hardened sometimes. And I don't know if it's ego or anything of that nature around, well, I've, I know it all, but it's like, it doesn't make you look dumb to ask questions. In fact, asking questions is a sign of intelligence. It's a sign that, you know, you know, I don't know it all and I'm open to learn from you or, or whoever else.
0: No, that's a really, it's a really powerful lesson and something that I'm trying to step into even more with this podcast, because, you know, I just surpassed probably two weeks ago, the one year mark of my podcast. And yeah, thank you. And (laughs) as at a point now where, you know, I feel like there's questions I want to ask people, but then I quote unquote already know the answer and it prevents me from asking these questions for one of two reasons, one of them being, I already know the answer. So what are they going to say? But then the other one is like, if I ask this question, are they going to think that I'm not as smart or know as much as I know? But the, the reason that I want to get more into asking that question is a couple of things. But one of them is to even just gain someone else's perspective on how they figured out something, the way that they arrived at the same conclusion as me, because within their story, they can also just illuminate something that I might not have thought of consciously. And, you know it's interesting too because I get out of this podcast sometimes and I'm like I'm always thinking like oh that was a terrible interview blah 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 but then realizing it's because I didn't take in that beginner's mindset I didn't take into that mindset of like okay well what don't I know and it's kind of been pushing me towards all these different avenues of things to like investigate because you know I I love the podcast where I don't know anything and then I can ask the person but when someone already knows stuff and then it like comes this like mishmash of me like. It's probably like an ego thing, honestly, that I think I need to kind of like dampen down a bit. But mm-hmm. I, I do believe that there's a lot of utility in it, being able to take that step back and just being like, so like, how did you get to this conclusion? Or why do you think this is? or, And that's something that I'm certainly trying to embody more, uh, even given the knowledge maybe that I, quote unquote, knowledge that I've obtained to this point.
1: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to, you know, like, that beginner's mind, things of that nature, like, it just makes me think of my mentor who I studied with astrologically. And it's like, he is so smart, astrologically, like he has been studying nearly his whole life. So wise, and you wouldn't know it, like initially talking to him, because like, he'll keep a lot of the focus around, you know, asking you questions or ask you for delineations and things of that nature it's almost like if you've ever heard that phrase around like um you know intelligence whispers and what's what's the other one and like not being intelligent shouts like sometimes when you when you are confident in the person that you are and things of that nature you don't need the urge to like tell people or to convince people of that. You just kind of sit within that and you're, you're open to ask other people. Like when he asked me questions, like I'm like, you know the answer to it, but he's like, I don't like to hear the sound of my voice. Like I already know my own thoughts. I know my own experience. I want to hear your dollar nation, um, which was really cool to have in a guide. And I also just want to ask, so congratulations on a year. Did you do anything to celebrate your podcast? Like solar return?
0: Uh, no, not really. I mean, I have a, uh, so what, I I kind of put out like the five most underrated episodes. So like over the next five weeks, I'm releasing like the episodes that I saw to be the most underrated. Um, That's kind of really the only celebration I did for it. I didn't really do much else, but but this what's really fascinating. So it was August 29th that I released my very first episode and it just so happened that August 29th was a Monday, which it was interesting because August 29th last year was a, sunday when i released my first episode but then i moved it to do every single monday so then yeah my one year was on august 29th which was a monday well wow it gets even more interesting so i originally thought to do my podcast i think it was in 2018 when i first wanted to start a podcast and you know i was like it'd be so cool like i just love the idea of talking to people before a whole bunch of shit in my life i made the logo i got like all the equipment and it was interesting. I don't know what compelled me to do it, but I felt compelled to look up whenever I originally bought the podcast equipment. Cause I could do that through Amazon, the past orders. Well, when I had ordered the mics was in 2018, August 29th.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. That's fascinating. There's something special about that particular day for you and that podcast. And like the reason I ask is because, okay, all astrologers are major birthday people like if you meet an astrologer you know they're a birthday person but it's because we understand the astrological significance of a birthday over solar return beyond just people your podcast has a birthday like the august 29th thing is so relevant in your case <laughs> and it's like i'm a huge birthday person beyond even just like oh my gosh it's my birthday celebrate me. there is something so significant like astrological speaking when you have a solar return, when your podcast has a solar return, when anything is a solar return, it astrologically speaking, is you starting a new sort of cycle, a, a sort of new right trip around the sun. And the reason I'm so big on it is because truly with, when it comes to solar returns, it is an opportunity to set forward the energy that you're calling in within that next trip around the sun and it's like so often a lot of us spend our birthdays or solar returns you know a lot of people will be like surrounded by people all day or drinking or anything of nature like for me i spend my birthday at least partially by myself because sun is the luminary of ego and identity. So it really is a time to both take stock on that prior trip around the sun, as well as set the intention around what is it that you want to call in. So I typically suggest taking like some space when it comes to your personal birthday to sort of just like reflect on, okay, what worked? What am I calling in? What am I bringing in? And also when it comes to like podcast birthdays, business birthdays, anything of the nature, I think it's, it's important to do something. You're still kind of in the the threshold right now, just around kind of like setting intentions, like having a moment of gratitude. I'm so big, like I'm beyond even just a normal birthday person. I celebrate half birthdays because in astrology, that's Sun opposite Sun. Yours is coming up, by the way. Yours would be next month, uh, during 20- Libra yeah, season.
0: this 28th. It'd be this 28th, yeah.
1: Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, so it's coming up. Uh, it's coming up pretty quick.
0: Well, it, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You want to know where this gets even weirder? Is that the whole story of that person we were talking about with the podcast and the interview? Uh yeah. We were we were scheduled for September 28th to do our interview, and then I was like, no, nah, I can't do it
1: wow oh my gosh well now you have your half birthday (laughs) so now you could do something around it i'm kind of i'm kind of weird about birthdays, but i think a lot of astrologers are because we work with birthdays it is significant and i just had my son opposite son aka half birthday and it's like literally you're halfway around setting the intentions for what it is you want to call in and literally when someone reaches out and tells you happy birthday or when you celebrate you know on your birthday you know. It's literally that person saying, I want my energy within your next trip around the sun. Um, Yeah, I'm a a big... Because, like, if you've ever heard of solar return horoscopes, it's basically your kind of personal horoscope for the next trip around the sun or prominent themes that you'll kind of bring in. And I think you can use solar returns in two ways or birthdays in two ways. You can either use it, like co-creatively around, okay, I want to call in more creativity this next trip around the sun. So on my birthday, I'm going to do some art and work on my podcast or whatever. Um, Or you can also use it kind of predictively around noticing what comes up. So like noticing who reaches out could be really central to the next trip around the sun. Or if you get news, that could be important to the next trip around the sun. Um, But anyways, celebrate your half birthday. I'm big on birthdays for everything, business, podcasts, creation i think it's important especially since august 29th has been following you my goodness
0: yeah it's something something with this podcast mm-hmm. I, i'll have to mm-hmm. plug in i'll have mm-hmm. to plug in it into the charts and see what it says about it um
1: yeah we know it's a virgo i don't know the rest of it but we know it's a <laughs> virgo send something on, on virgo season and your podcast is important <laughs> it's a good
0: start well and so mm-hmm. i feel like call to share this which is actually a vulnerable piece of me that i don't think i've shared yet on the podcast but something about birthdays that's interesting with me and i'd love to get your perspective on this as an astrologer is that i've never um what how do i want to articulate this like i usually don't really get like a lot of happy birthday like messages or texts like outside of my direct immediate mm-hmm. family uh like from friends yeah. etc and so i think it's always been a piece of me that i really have never truly like tried to appreciate i've more taken a um how, what do you want to call it a mindset A more of a mindset of like oh, it's not a big deal. It's kind of like the, so I don't put the expectations up so you don't get hurt kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So with that being said, I think I've kind of like almost divorced myself from the idea and more pre- treated it as like, oh, it's just another day, you know. Mm-hmm. So given everything we've discussed from an astrological point of view, how does that factor into all of this?
1: Yeah. So I think when we talk about birthdays and like kind of setting the next trip around the Sun a lot of people report feeling kind of similar and i think even just taking a space to like celebrate yourself like there can be element around wanting to downplay it in order to set expectations um, around not wanting to make it a big thing. But like I said, sun is ego, identity, who it is that we are. And like on birthdays, if we do something to celebrate the person that we are, again, doesn't need to be around people, but something, you know, taking ourselves to the beach or doing something special, it's sort of signaling and bringing this energy around. I'm someone who is deserving of celebration of being able to share my radiance and my, you know, illumination outwardly. And it also like, I've, I've, I've noticed this and I feel like other people might not be as crazy about birthdays as I am. Like I said, I work with birthdays, so I'm pretty big on them, but like, I really am conscious around bringing that energy for other people. Like if I've only met someone one time, even I really try to remember their birthday. Um, I, I think it's even nice to kind of like, whether you like post about it or do something to like, Kind of put it out there that it is your birthday so that people have that opportunity to be able to wish you happy birthday or anything of that nature and i think if you also give it because it's like i don't know if this is this might be me generalizing but i've just noticed with my boyfriend and his friends they don't celebrate birthdays at all like it's just kind of like like i was at their cabin the other day and one of the guys who lives there was like oh yeah it's my birthday today." i was like what the hell, we could have decorated for you, we could have made a cake and it's like, we just don't make a big deal out of it. And I'm like, but if you bring that energy make a big deal of other people's days, it doesn't have to be like a huge party, but um, you know, you're know, you more likely to kind of get in return. But even outside of that, even outside of you know, limiting our agency by feeling like other people need to make a special day, we can also bring the energy of making a special day for ourselves and reminding ourselves that we are worthy of doing something nice or celebrating our globe. So I'm big on it from an astrological perspective, you're setting a new cycle. You are bringing in a new energy, a new trip around the sun. So come, let's see, come March. <laughs> you better do something.
0: <laughs> I'll do something. <laughs> to
1: celebrate it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny. We're ta- t- it's nice.
0: It's funny. We're talking about this too. Cause the first time, so my birthday is March 28th. And the first time I looked down at the clock, it was actually 328. And so <laughs> <Wow>.
1: <laughs> I feel
0: like that's an interesting oh thing Oh my
1: gosh. Well. That's my favorite angel numbers to catch is my birth time and my birthday. Like, mm. I think that's so supportive. Like a lot of people, you know, we'll talk about the repeating ones and those are nice too, catching an 1111. But I, when I say like catching your own birth numbers, I think it's really cool. Like my birth time, I even have a necklace that says 611, just because every time I look at it, I'm just like, I don't know, I just feel so supported. It's like, literally, that's why, like if we boil down astrology to its core, right? It It's the study of what the sky looked like at the moment that we were born, right? and it's describing the circumstances of that moment because like right now every moment that we've been talking right someone out there is being born and they're having today's cosmos as their birth chart right and like within my little magic bundle, you know i break down every day's astrology and we feel a certain type of way on that day depending on the astrology you know of the moment um and so it's really cool like the study of astrology is truly like, what were the transits at that moment? Where was everything positioned? And how, like, firstly, why did we choose that time? Why is that blueprint sort of like stamped on our soul? And B, it's almost like, how is it that we can sort of evolve into that energy? Like, our chart is our past, present, future. So there can be certain elements, you know, we've grown beyond as we talked about. There can be certain themes where it's like, I'm really working with my Libra moon now, my Aries sun now, and certain themes as well. It's, it's like, okay, I have these certain gifts and blessings within my chart. How can I activate them? So when we talk about astrology, we're truly boiling it down. It is the, your, blue, your birth chart is your blueprint of when you came into existence or of your birthday. So it really boils down to, that birthday that time and it's like such a like we we're saying with all the nuances it is a snapshot of your unique signs and planets and houses and aspects like i've done chart readings for twins who have different charts like it is con- constantly changing um based on like the minute and the time so it really is an honest reflection of it so yeah so when you catch your birth time when you catch your you know, birthday or anything of the nature. It's just sort of, I think personally, I think it's a little whisper from the universe around you're on the right track or something in the nature. <laughs> well,
0: that's what I was going to ask you is like, what's your interpretation of it? Because I've the, the where I've kind of gotten with uh what are they called? Angel numbers is that, you know, there's obviously the ones that get you into it. It's like always seeing one, 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 two, 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 three, three, three. But then I feel like there's another evolution to it where there are numbers that are specifically associated with you. And, what they mean to you, right? Like, like for you, you said that your birthday is like you're on the right track. But to me, my birthday means like, like new beginning, like there's a new beginning coming. Mm. So that's so it's an interesting. So I'm curious, like, where do you kind of stand with, I guess, angel numbers in respect to astrology, if you're able to dive on that a little bit more?
1: Yes, 100%. So the first angel numbers I saw, (laughs) it freaked me out. Because as I highlighted, I was you know, raised very religious. And the first angel number I would consistently spot is six, six, six. And I was so scared. I thought (laughs) I was being possessed or something because it's like, you know, the number of the beast or whatever. So I was so freaked out, but I could, it was like the more I tried to run from it, the more (laughs) I found it. And this was happening. It happened right Uh, before my spiritual awakening. That was the first angel number that I caught was that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm being possessed. What is happening? So much of my world felt like it was crumbling at that time. And I was like, literally, Oh my gosh, this is so scary. Um, but then it kind of dove me to look into it because I was like, I just don't feel like numbers can inherently be evil, but it was the first time I kind of paid attention. And there's, you know, there is a numeral numerological meaning to every number, right? There's like a certain vibration of it. But as you said, there's also personal meanings of it. Like I um I really love seeing my birth time, as I mentioned, 611, because to me it's you're on the right track. You came here because it's the time that I was born. So like to me, what always resonated around, this is what you came to do. Like, this is what you signed up for. You are on the right track. I don't know why that's what I've rationalized it as the, there are certain numbers that give me pause or are kind of like a little, okay, let's really, let's really think about it um, here. Like, when I see 555, five, five, that always kind of makes me a little nervous just because fives are about changes and shifts. And when I see that, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> well, what's happening here? Um, so, you know, that one always gives me applause. Even my birthday. So, my birthday is um, 225. And again, I'm a soldier, I'm not a numerologist, but. Um, two plus two plus five equals nine. And that's like a number numerologically that, you know, it's it's very compassionate, but it has to do with endings and releasing. So that's also one that that tends to be, okay, what is it that you need to let go here? What is it that you need to release? But bringing it back to an astrological standpoint, and again, I don't want to confuse anyone, just take, take your astrological step where it is that you are, be open to the insights. But I've been recently really into degree theory because, okay, the traditional mind the traditional thought process of degrees is that it's literally just gps coordinates as no other meaning the numbers have no meaning it's just where it's located but it's interesting to look at a chart because i have certain degrees that i constantly see whether it's on receipts or things like that like i have so many hmm. um like 22s within my bird chart which if you know degree theory you know what that means but um but even seeing that also sometimes when I develop it, cause sometimes I'll like see that someone has like, you know, six planets at three degrees. And I'm, I like just feel compelled to tell it to them and then they're like, oh my gosh, three, three, three is my angel number, or something like that. So I've been pulling it in. Again, my my realm of thought isn't deeply rooted within numerology, but it's interesting. Degree theory kind of it assigns meaning to each of the numbers of where things are located. But in the traditional realm of thought, it was just basically this is where it was and that's that. So it's interesting to try on these theories and kind of see what works.
0: See what plays around with yeah. it. Well, that's, I mean, that's a, Yeah, that's an interesting point too, is that there seems like there are also different systems that kind of overlap and attest to the same deal, right? Like, you know, we, we were briefly talking about human design earlier and it seems like there are elements, which I find human design really fascinating. And I'm going to have to bring on someone from that realm eventually, but I find it so interesting because it seems like they kind of pulled like astrological, they pulled together uh, the chakra system. They pulled together all these different things and tried to like push it into yeah. one system. Um, so mm-hmm. so from an astrological perspective, are, do, have you ever had any inclination to research human design or even shift your practice? Or is it kind of like, like, how is it similar or different from what you're doing, like from what astrology is?
1: Yeah. So I think it's really fascinating. I think it's really interesting. A lot of the themes that are present within my human design chart are also reflected or illuminated within my needle chart. It's almost like kind of same central themes, but different way of expressing it or different interpretation. Um, the fundamental difference is a, and we're going kind of hard when it comes to my personal practice, as I highlighted, I truly have the belief that it's like echoed with my word chart and I just, Feel it within my world. I truly believe that I have past life experience being an astrologer because when I look at the chart, like obviously I am deeply studied, but when I look at it, it literally talks to me. That's why, like when someone shows me co-star, I'm like, I it's not saying anything uh-huh. to me because it's not. Totally giving me all the information. When I look at a chart, it talks to me. It tells me. I sound insane, probably, but it really is a method for me to tap in to the universe. And it's like because there is so information, so much information within a chart. Also, I am kind of open intuitively around. You know, if spirit is nudging me around, okay, talk about this aspect. Get to this piece. They they might need to hear this right now. Uh, When I look at the chart, it's almost like it gets really noisy around so much information coming in and that was the case even early in my practice like i feel like i get more downloads more than any other modality more than cards when i look at human design i'm like what the heck am i looking at like i get nothing i hear nothing i do not feel connected to it when i look at it when i chat with someone about human design i'm like oh I like it, manifesting generator, I'm into it. And it makes sense, like for how it is that it works. So I'm not knocking it, it's just not my gift. So I just feel like it'll dilute my essence if I like try to be good at everything. I'm like, let me just dial into what I'm really good at. And in terms of the fundamental differences, so my understanding of human design is that it is newer, Is my realm. And again, I haven't deeply dove into the history. I don't know if you know more about it, but my understanding is that it was channeled pretty recently, like, I want to see, like, I think the 80s or something, I guess a guy and I I could be butchering this. This is just what my friend told me, but she was telling me that a guy went into a desert and I think there may or may not have been hallucinogens involved, went into a desert and like literally channeled this whole system, which looking at it, it does feel accurate and it feels elaborate. But I guess the fundamental difference is around, I guess, the time that it's been. A thing thing, um, as well as I don't really fundamentally understand what it is pulling from. I mean, it's fascinating, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious because there is certain elements around the planets. But whenever someone tries to explain it to me, it's almost like my brain goes blank, which is why okay. I'm also big on like not forcing modalities that aren't for you. Like, I, I really feel like the language of astrology speaks to me because I'm meant to sort of deliver that. And, and for some reason, spirit or source is blocking me from human design because when people tell it to me, I'm like, why? Can I not understand it? But I'm not knocking. I think it's really fascinating. Do you know your type?
0: Uh, manifesting generally. In human design? Yeah, I'm also manifesting. Oh, same. Manifesting. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fascinating. It could be frustrating, but it's fascinating.
0: <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's uh, certainly frustrating. And this is what I was talking about with, like, the sacral response uh, earlier was that, like, you know, this is something I've tried to been embodying more is, like, it's either a fuck yes or it's no. Like if I come up with a decision, it's all the, and it's really difficult for me because, and as we're discovering with this whole true node thing is that, you know, being an Aries, like I'm always trying to do something and keep going and moving. If I'm not moving, I'm going backwards. When in reality, you know, human design stepped in and was like, no just like, you're not, you're not doing things that are resonant with your sacral energy center, or you're not doing things that is giving you that hell yes energy. So just don't do those things. And it comes back to the story earlier, like, you know, I wasn't getting hell yes energy to bring him on for an hour, an hour and a half. Like I was getting more like resistive energy. And so it's like, okay, like I'm going to start honoring that. I'm going to start trusting it. Like I got it. Like, all right, we'll do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. And, and I mean, even more so. It's it's super fascinating you talk about in that way too, because I know that I've talked to like tarot card readers who have certain read certain cards or certain decks speak differently to them, or even I, I guess originally like the fifty two card playing deck where we're talking about like ace through king, uh, spade, diamond, club, hearts was designed for like actually reading tarots to begin with, and so there's people who actually can just read those cards and like know what those say, mm-hmm. and so it's really fascinating to hear you talk about it in that light of, okay, I can just like look at a chart and just understand what's going on by seeing it. Because to me, it looks just like a bunch of lines and random planets around a circle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel when I look at human design, I'm like, okay, I, I, I mean, we probably could learn it. And, and, you know, as a beginner, obviously there's going to be that element of it, but um for some reason some some things you're just drawn to it just makes more sense it just kind of like resonates a little bit more and I also just want to speak to this because I'm also a manifesting generator and like something that I always connect to and I feel frustrated because I like my Mm -hmm. again not my specialty but my conceptualizing of it with being an MG is like it's frustrating in that I'm interested in so many different things that it's like hard. Cause I think MGs are here to be lit up, which is why it's great. Also that your podcast, you know, varies over so many topics because there's so many other things that you can sort of be interested by. But like, as an MG, I get really, cause I'm able to pick up things really fast and like learn about them really fast. And it's frustrating that I only have one life <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and like, there's so much that I want to do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just wish I could do it all. Um, and my challenge to myself has been to not, cause like my tendency, when I look back, is I almost just like monetize every single hobby that I have because I like love it. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this all the time. And so I'm trying to really protect my hobbies or like, what is I'm gonna like, when I look towards everything, like astrology, obviously, it's a calling. It's beyond just a hobby. But it's like, I loved yoga, got certified in yoga, like I, everything that I love, I get obsessed with. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, how can I like make them think and I'm like, not everything, you know, you need to necessarily make it this huge thing. Like, I think MGs are meant to sort of be pulled and activated by certain things and allow that to draw them closer because it's when they tap into their power. And then sometimes I'm down to myself when I can't sustain something because that spark is gone. But what resonates with me about human design is following your energy in that way and knowing how it is your energy works. Um, So that always kind of resonated with me about being energy.
0: (laughs) I got you. No, that that makes a whole Mm -hmm. lot of sense because I'm on the same page of like, new stuff I learned so fast, like it just, everything comes to me so quickly and naturally. And then usually I get like a little bit down the rabbit hole and then I start hitting some resistance and there aren't too many things that I'll push past that resistance with. Uh, I've done it with jujitsu. I'm kind of doing it with this podcast. Cause there are times where I've hit that resistance. And I'm like, no, I just want to keep doing this. Like I love talking to people. Like I know this is stuff that needs to be put out there. And so it's interesting to kind of have that feeling to actually like discern when you should be pushing past it versus like okay, maybe you should move on to the next thing. Or maybe this is that thing that you need to push through that block and actually get to the next level or piece of it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's like also kind of telling the difference and it's like that's what i was highlighting like it's great that your podcast does cover so many different topics and it's even like with my astrology youtube and things like that it's very hard for me to just do one thing because i have so many varied interests so it's it's nice to be able to pull things in from different like realms that i'm interested in so it's also great to work with your system in that way around choosing a vacation or a hobby that allows you that space to have new mental challenges or to have different kind of areas that you
0: can grow within i guess or bloom within Mm. yeah i'm all on board with that no it makes sense and actually i have one more question about the uh the birth chart i'm seeing and i don't know if this is typical for people but i'm seeing like all my lines are kind of like you know it seems like there's one line that goes through uh house three and nine which seem opposite and then all the lines are like to the right of it is that something that occurs Mm -hmm. often or are they usually spread out it's so
1: fascinating when you look at every single chart every like that's why i say like your birth chart is your art because every single one is so different like when people have them concentrated above the horizon Like that's a day chart that signals someone who lives a lot of their kind of destiny in the public realm or like someone who is a little bit more known or a lot of their growth is kind of delivered there. If someone has it below the horizon, it's typically someone who's a little bit more self-contained, a little bit more introverted. Um, And then when it comes to the left and the right sector, it's also just kind of significant to see which angle they're concentrated on. So that AC line itself, IC at the bottom is home, family, emotional state. DC to the right is other people and MC is career. So boiled down those angles are the four most important parts of life. Self, home, other people, career. So if we also just kind of look at which angles are concentrated by, it can kind of indicate certain themes and, you know, a lot of us, I just want to highlight, everybody will have some empty houses in case anyone looks at a house chart and they're like, why don't I have anything in my seventh house? Am I not meant to have a partner? Why am I nothing in my second house? I just want to highlight an empty house is a blessed house um, in that where we have a lot of concentration, it's not to say if you have a lot concentrated on the, you know, on the relationship sector. Sorry, I'm just going to swap this out because these just died. Um, so it's not to say if there is a lot concentrated around the you know, relationship sector, that's, that's always going to be a really easy, really seamless part of our life. It's actually going to be a part of our life that actually stimulates a lot of growth and we find out a lot about ourselves. So paying attention to where the chart is concentrated can signal where there is a lot of emphasis to a soul level um, and where it was that you want to grow. So you really wanted to grow on that right side. You said right side of the chart or left side of the chart? Right side of the chart?
0: Right side. Yeah, are you able to hear me with your oh headphone gosh, I'm switch? So sorry.
1: I don't know why <laughs> these are not working. Um, can you still hear me okay?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Are you able to hear me?
1: I'm so sorry. Ah, my earphones died and for first... Oh, there we go. Okay. Are you I hearing hear me? You. Okay, okay, we're good. cool. We're good. Yes, yes, yes. It just needed to adjust to my new my You're new right. headphones. <laughs> yes, yeah,
0: so so everything's on the right side pretty much of the graph, and there's like, kind of like, a, let's see, there's nothing, absolutely nothing in the top left quadrant. Um, and then I have, like, my moon and something else in, what's that, the third house, which is, like, bottom left. Mm-hmm. But then other than that, everything's mm-hmm. everything's pretty much, like, between houses nine and four. Pretty much from nine to three. Pretty much nine
1: to three. Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, every single chart you look at is so different just visually. Like sometimes you'll see some like all concentrated trades. at the top. That's why like when people are like, mean about their chart i'm like oh my gosh like to me when i look at a birth chart it's a piece of art to me like it tells the story of your soul of your challenges of your you know struggles of your gifts like it tells so much so when people are like oh i hate that i'm a libra moon or i hate that my moon's in the third or or however that comes to the surface i'm like that's literally like going to a museum going to a piece of art and saying like oh cleopatra is so ugly or whatever it's like it's insulting the art form that it is. And it's, it's, it, I think that's like an awareness you get only after you viewed thousands of charts is just every single per- person's I look at, it's like so different and tells such a different story. It's concentrated in different ways. And, and to answer your question, there is a realm of thought around what it means to have it concentrated or in certain, um, in, in certain shapes. That is something to dive into, but furthermore, it's just a beautiful, it's it's a beautiful art form so to speak the art of your soul
0: (laughs) right and even deeper to that right is there's a level of if you're insulting you know these certain elements it's like you know based on our line of thinking it's like you picked that and even more so it's like this is your artwork that you theoretically created so you're kind of just pointing the finger at yourself here about something you don't like about yourself
1: a hundred percent a hundred percent and it's like And with our bird chart, I I rarely talk to people who love. Their chart. It's so fascinating. They're like, oh, it's not enough in these ways. And da, 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 da. <laughs> And I think it's helpful to talk to astrologers sometimes just because they have an objective look, because all we do is look at birth charts and we're like, oh, my gosh, you're so gifted at this or you're so da, da, da. like it's an objective. It's like, I don't know you. I'm just looking at the story of your soul and telling you what it is that I see, because oftentimes it's hard for us to see that very clearly. Um, like, you know how I was sharing with you how when I look at a chart, it talks to me. Mine, I don't hear a gosh darn thing. I understand it. I understand the mechanics of it, but it's very hard for me to tap in. Like I can tap into other people's birth charts. So I have an astrologer, you know, just as dentists have dentists, astrologers have astrologers because it's like, for some reason, when it comes to, at least for my personal experience and for my astrologer friends, it's like we have blind spot when it comes to our own chart, which is fascinating. I don't know if it's biased or whatever, Um, but, you know, having that objective look upon it helps you recognize certain gifts. And it's like you know, we talked about trines earlier and how trines are this easy flow of energy. And oftentimes it's flow of energy that we take for granted. So I'll talk to someone, and I'm like, what is this gift of writing that you have, or like this gift for like directing or viewing things very cinematically? And they're like, oh, everybody sees their life like a movie. Everybody <laughs> just scripts out different movie scenes. And I'm like, "No, nope. no, that's just you. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. And being able to like, kind of, adapt to our chart. And that's really the premise of my course, which is called self-care astrology. It's really about understanding your chart and really understanding how to work with it. And because you're not the one thing you can't change about your life is when you were born. So I think we're really doing a disservice when we tell someone you're not enough in these ways because of your birth chart. It's like, yeah, there are certain challenges, but it's really important in like what i do that yes i'm honest but i deliver it in a way that is more empowering particularly since i do subscribe to the transpersonal realm of thought around that we are able to sort of evolve past or at least be conscious of certain themes that kind of play out with our within our chart
0: interesting and so the next question i have and honestly this is kind of a bit of a plug for you as well do you i'm interested in you like actually sitting down and reading this and like being like oh hey like this is what this is what it's speaking to me do you do uh, some sort of like, like I guess, I don't know if you call it like a consultation or like uh, some sort of initial reading. Do you do that for people?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've got a, a myriad of options like I do bird chart where it's basically just setting up a time for individuals who kind of thrive more in a conversational st- setting for people who don't, who just kind of want the insights and don't necessarily want a conversation I also have recorded readings which is basically I sit down with your chart and it's basically like an hour of channel messages about your birth chart I'm telling you everything about it I also do transits which is how essentially where everything is now is impacting your chart couples compatibility um family charts yeah so a lot of different options for both consultations like live, AKA zoom or phone as well as recorded because I'm someone as I highlighted, I'm very introverted. So it's like, I really wanted to provide that option for people who's like, yeah, having a conversation with you would probably drain me because you speak a million miles an hour girl, but I'll listen to a recording of you so I can slow down and go back. So yeah. So a myriad of options there.
0: Okay. We're back now. <laughs> this is so funny. Cause this actually a uh, recording failed please have Haley refresh the page to continue recording.
1: I think we're good. And we overcame the challenges. Mercury about to go retrograde. So good for us for basically it's a time that technology and communication can get kind of screwy. Um, but one final thing I just wanted to basically say, like since we are kind of in closing um, is at the time of this podcast coming out, it's currently eclipse season, <laughs> which is a little bit of a pivotal transformative transformative time, um, because it's bundled up with the North Node and the South Node that we were kind of talking about, where it's like karma and fate and what we came to do here. It's considered that eclipses are times that timelines accelerate if it's in a pivotal eclipse for us. So right now, the eclipses right now will be the most pivotal for those who have Taurus, Leo, Scorpio and Aquarius placements. Um, And that would be like within personal placements give more weight to like sun, moon, rising, Mercury, Venus, Mars um, will be the most pivotal. So not every eclipse is pivotal for us, but I do want to highlight if you are being quote unquote eclipse is what it's called, it could be a time of powerful new beginnings, as well as transformative endings. And what my mentor would always say is that during eclipses, people tend to have eclipse brain, which is when they're like kind of running around a little bit more emotional, a little bit more erratic. It's a time that in traditional astrology was considered that the gods or the universe or the planets would give us stuff. And then take stuff away it was like timelines would accelerate like what was meant to be would come into fruition and what was not meant to be would be released so all i want to say knowing that this podcast comes out that week is if things feel a little wacky right now if they feel a little screwy right now it's the eclipses and if you are being eclipsed the good thing about it happening with the nodes which do speak to karma and fate is that what it is that is being released right now is for a reason like is faded um and what is coming into your life could have really faded karmic undertones in terms of your next kind of era or chapter of your world. So important to keep in mind. Astrology astrology heads up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have that uh heads up and uh forewarning. Um yeah. So that's dope. I mean uh Haley, thank you. Like this was a dope interview. I'm definitely yes. have to get in contact with you about checking out this amazing piece of artwork that I'm staring at in front of me because <laughs> Not speaking to me in words, but (laughs) I'd love to hear what you have to say about it.
1: 100%. Thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. And happy eclipse season, everybody. Hang in there.
0: (laughs) Happy eclipse season. So I usually give the floor to my guests. um, If there's anything you want to talk to the audience about, anything you want to plug, uh, any links that you'll give me, I think you already gave me them. I'll throw them down in the comments below. So feel free to reference those at will. Um, With that being said, the floor is yours.
1: Fabulous. Yes. Yeah, so if anybody wants to get in contact in regards to reading, you can go to my website. It's like below healycommonastrology.com. There's recorded versions as well as phone zoom versions. If you are feeling a deeper, around really wanting to understand this art of interpretation within yourself, I deeply recommend my course, selfcareastrology.com, where I break it down at eight-week program. There is option to work one-on-one with me if that is something that kind of aids your learning style, um, but it's a self-paced program, so all of the information, all the goodness is in there. And then in terms of free resources, I post twice a week on YouTube. So every Monday, Magic Monday is my horoscope video. And every Friday is a different astrology education or heads up on the transits. If you're hearing this, this eclipse stuff and you're like, I don't know what this means for my world. Like I do talk deeply about what's happening currently and a deep dive for what it means for your rising sign. And then I'm also on Instagram and TikTok, which will be linked below, just Haley Common Astrology and look out for scammers. These scammers are running rampant. I will never DM you asking, for money, I will never do that.
0: <laughs> so crazy, how many of them there it's are? The
1: Worse, ah, it's like whack a mole. It's like one page gets taken down. There's like ten more. So just be diligent, be discerning when it comes to any element of your spiritual, you know, practice, and as well as paying attention to you know which practitioners or astrologers or podcast. Like I just feel like, especially in spirituality discernment and resonance is really important and following those little nudges around who you were called to work with and things of that nature. So yeah. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, You
0: certainly need to uh, discern. is so important. I mean, especially in this field and line of work and everything. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, without dragging it on much longer, Haley, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was absolutely a pleasure. Uh, happy to have you uh, guys. Hopefully you learned something about astrology. I know I did. Uh, and we just lost your video feed, which is totally cool, but I'll just close it out that, Thanks you guys for being here um i appreciate you all and i'll see you all in the sixth dimension